Welcome back to the question and answer session with Space Tomato and Morphologist. My name is Paul Shelley. This is the Captain's Table. Again, this is the Captain's Table where we talk about Star Citizen stuff. If you missed the previous section of this, uh, we, we uh, talked about the goods and the bads of, of uh, YouTube, YouTube content creation for Star Citizen, as well as uh, the hopes and fears for, next, uh, for this year in terms of content. Uh, there'll be a link right above Space Tomato's head. You can click that. And you can go right there to watch this already if you're watching this after the fact on YouTube. Uh, but you can always catch, this is a special episode, but normally you can catch, catch live at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. So with that being said, let's get started with some of these questions which are asked by chat. First one being from Gin and Tonic, who asks, Morph, do you ever get funny reactions from native Taiwanese when you speak Chinese? Yes. I do. Um, I actually had a recent experience on on the plane plane coming back from the U.S. to Taiwan, and some flight agents had heard me speaking Chinese from around the corner, and they came around assuming that I was Taiwanese, and they were very surprised <laughs> to see a foreigner there speaking Chinese. Like, wait, really, where'd that Taiwanese guy like, go? Yeah, I was like, what, what, what? You're, oh, wow, okay. And it wasn't like that very polite, oh, you're so good at Chinese. A lot of people do that here. It's like, oh, neither zone one face, huh? Like, but it's not. <laughs> I, I love gamers nexus okay but yeah. he went to taiwan recently and he was talking to someone in chinese and his accent was atrocious <laughs> oh bad and like she was complimenting like her oh, chinese is so good it's like oh yeah that's just she's just complimenting him it wasn't like he, he could speak it it was, yeah. it was impressive that he could but it's really 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 bad accent uh, anyway it's, i would say it's like me whenever i speak spanish my spanish is is so Californian Texan that it's it's probably incomprehensible to most people outside of the United States. Um, My favorite morph when you uh, it's kind of like the same thing here with Turkish people would not expect. Uh, generally, they can tell I'm American. Um, they would not expect a black American to start speaking Turkish. So, like, I'll say something and they'll just be shook. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> They'll just stand there for a bit and look at me wide-eyed and oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sure. So both, so both it's of so you, fun. both of you have more of a like the because because a lot of people don't know it's not just the language it's also your how you speak it like the 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 accent the the attenuation but do do you say both of you have your local like Taiwanese or or Turkish kind of accents down as well as well as your language. Yeah, I, I I would say so. Yes, there's definitely a very clear accent difference between different parts of China. Even though they have their own dialect when they speak uh, standard Chinese, uh, they have an accent, very clear one. Like for people from Beijing, are very have a very hard R sound when they speak, whereas people in Taiwan are like the polar opposite. They have a very soft R sound. It's the the, the language sounds very uh, very smooth as compared. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying smooth is better as is a positive term. It's just a different way of speaking Chinese. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I sound very Taiwanese to okay. anybody from China. Space, same, same with you. It's, yeah. I, there's definitely a different sort of, uh, accents in Turkey, but because I'm learning from like the family, like I'm living in it, I think I learned a, a lot more of how to deliver rather than just how to say things. And like the place that I'm in has a lot of very heavy accents in some of the words. So I actually say some things in ways that people in other parts of the country can tell that uh, I learned up here, which is interesting to see. Yeah, nice. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Gin and Tonic, who asks, 
Would you like it if CIG implemented an in-game physicalized camera drone that might allow for the freedom uh, you want without uh, obvious exploits? What do you think? Uh, I've actually thought about this recently, and absolutely yes. I would love for them to do a camera drone that doesn't have uh, any problem with, like, uh, um, aerodynamics so it could fly backwards. Being able to fly around a ship as it flies around or like flying around a battlefield without having to worry about the environment blowing me around in a big ship would be fantastic and being able to use my sticks i'm so familiar with it now i can get some really beautifully smooth footage with my dual stick setup and actually i think it's superior to anything i could do with a mouse or even a a remote control which is what i generally use to record stuff i use an xbox remote to get smooth pan shots um so yes absolutely yes and i think it could be done in a way work it's not very exploitative because uh, you could just make it uh poof from a single shot from a like a a, like a pistol or like an smg or whatever like just make it explode easily um Mm. whatever uh just like a real drone just give us that tool it'd be fantastic i I only worry that that would involve a lot more time and effort on their part to develop Mm. and as everything with star citizen goes you know it'll probably have 10 other features that they need to have before they can do it so I don't have a lot of hope for that in any time soon. It'd be great. Yeah. Space, what do you think? The camera would be amazing. Um, the way I see it, at some point, they have to get rid of our ability to just shoot a 30, uh, a three, uh, sorry, to shoot a third person camera 20 meters away from our body and look around corners in an MMO. Uh, I am assuming they're going to get rid of that at some point. So, like a camera drone sounds like it would be a necessity. I actually just posted a picture uh, in our chat that we have on on Discord. Um, the concept art from the Ranger, where they did sneak in one of those camera drones, just just a little bit off on the side there, kind of mm-hmm. a little teaser. So I well, think that they'll probably do something similar at some point, right? Squadron Forty Two, the trailer, the the cinematic trailer, the first oh, trailer yeah. for Squadron Forty Two has those camera right. drones. Yeah, they do. It's, I remember so, that. Yeah. yeah. So they have the model. I think it would be, you know, it needs to be necessary. Um, because another thing that I was talking to uh, Crucian about when it comes to like sports and events mm-hmm. and stuff like that is like there's no spectator mode in Star Citizen. So it's difficult to host those kinds of things. And we, I think, can all tell that Star Citizen is going to be a very streamable, very uh, gameplay video makeable game in the future. And being able to film that kind of stuff from different angles would be good for like machinima and cinematics and yes. stuff. So mm-hmm. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot if they don't make one of these. Yeah. Imagine the Daymar Rally or any of the new racing league stuff with the new maps that they've created, being able to have a camera that follows around the ships. That would be fantastic, I am sure, for, for them to be able to film that. It would be much easier to follow, much yeah. more engaging and appealing to a wider audience, which ultimately benefits Star Citizen because more people want to buy it. And the, the glorious thing about drones is that even today we know that you can scale them. Tiny little handheld drones that you could fit te- yeah. in theory on your body as like a as an te- like attachment, like a equipment thing. You can just pop up and throw throw around. Uh, or Honestly, the, like massive ship based drones, which might have, you know, much bigger surface area, but you can cover more 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 content with it. So Yeah, you know, I think this brings up if I had one suggestion for how they could get the most bang for their buck for marketing. If they mm-hmm. wanted to make um, more people buy Star Citizen, the easiest thing that they could do would be to make one of those drones because the footage that people could collect from that and put it on YouTube and Twitch for would sell a lot of people on the game. I guarantee. Like 
only like only a very select few of very skilled pilots can get the shots that I do. I've tr I've been doing this for a long time and I've really learned how to fly without seeing the ship or the HUD to be able to get the shots I do. But everybody I was like, how do you do that? Well, it just takes a lot of time and skill with dual sticks to be able to learn how to do that. But if it were more approachable to a lot of people, a lot of people would do it and you'd have yeah. a lot of really cool footage. Uh, I was going to yeah, say that that's, do that. that's very much the case with the people who film Damar Rally. Like they are people who are mm -hmm. dedicated to do that and they, they train yeah. and practice that all the time. Anyone yep. who t talks to those those people, you you they'll, they'll tell you right away. Like, yeah, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of training, a lot of practice to Especially learn how to fly atmosphere. seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah since like three, really difficult to deal with. I want to say what three twelve or so when they started doing yep. the drag, it got it just completely changed how you could film an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Certain speeds you can't even fly backwards anymore. You used to be able to like kind of go around a ship and stuff and yeah. like pan around. I can't do that anymore. And now another ship wants yep. to knock like straight forward again. It's very annoying. And with with heat. With heat changes coming, uh, with the resource network, and then also with um, the aerodynamics changes coming, like you're not going to be able to film things very easily with ships in atmosphere anymore. So, like a a, a drone seems almost like a necessity if they want to keep these kinds of good videos coming out of this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Especially it opens up a lot more uh, opportunities for for B-roll filming of, of events too. For doing like stuff with Siege Orson organically, filming that stuff would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, especially since, or at least right now, uh, CIG is heavily reliant on the community for, for marketing. So, mm -hmm. you know, make it easier for your, your, your primary, primary marketing folks to have beautiful shots and you'll, the game will sell itself. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, next question is from Gin and Tonic, who asks, Morph, what was it like when the arc, uh, an architect reviews on the 600i blew up? Uh, really surprising, actually. Um, I, I, I was very passionately upset about the 600 eyes interior and I guess the community was too. It's just like one of those lucky videos that, uh, that you, you hit and that, that really starts to, to propel your channel forward. It happened to be that one. Uh, I won't deny it without that video. I, I wouldn't be where I am today. I think I was less than a hundred thousand subscribers back then. So, uh, it was, yeah, it was great. It was, then I realized that there were people wanted to see more stuff like that and just became like a hallmark of my channel. Now I do architect reviews of every ship that comes out when I can. I mean, like there's so many ships that I still haven't done all of them. So yeah, man. Uh, great. Absolutely great. I, I know yeah, my those channel. Are some of the, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, those are some of the first star citizen videos I watched. I really yeah. enjoyed. I, I remember the constellation hammerhead uh and the caterpillar i think were like the three big ones that i first started watching loved them thank you dude i mm -hmm. i i'm so i love making those videos and the only reason why i haven't done the corsair video yet is because i just don't think the footage of i've gotten of it is cool enough i want to do something really cool like flying overhead with like a sonic boom or something i gotta get those cool shots uh i, I know my community is desperate for you to do an architect you, have you done an architect reviews of the redeemer I have not actually, yeah. strangely enough, I've not, and I've been begged to do it. And that's definitely on my list. That my, my ship desk actually yeah. needs a rework. It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It's not, oh yeah. yeah, it's not bad, but you look at like the volume of that ship. It's literally the, one of the biggest ships in the game, but there's so little interior usable space. Imagine if they had the skills that they do today with stuff like the, like the 400i, like how mm -hmm. compact they, that ship is. They just made that. Isn't that ship like a year old? It is. I'm sorry, the Redeemer? Old? I'm sorry, I was thinking of the uh, uh, the Reclaimer. The, the Reclaimer. reclaimer. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. 
The Reclaimer, like, I'm wait. sorry, I got it mixed up. The <laughs> Reclaimer, the, There's too many Rees uh, in this game, especially when it comes to yeah. uh, Aegis. You got Reclaimer, Redeemer. Yeah. The Reclaimer uh, needs desperately to, to get, I think, a little bit more space in it. But, oh, the Redeemer, yeah, I haven't done that either. You're right, yeah. yeah I I, I uh, was actually in the U.S. Bat last year when it came out, so I didn't have time to do it. Yeah, my so, my uh, my community knows I hate that shit. I hate it with a fiery I, yeah. passion. So oh, yeah, <laughs> so that's that's something that the the community would love to see. My my community would love to see, so they could spam it to me. Watch it, Paul. React to it. React to it. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, my, my I can tell you right now if you're watching this, is that I'll watch it. I'll watch it live. I'll react to it, and I'll be like, Morph is probably right. I still hate this this thing. Still hate it with a bloody passion. <laughs> Cancel, Paul. Uh, all right. Uh, next question comes from Aimless, who asks, do you feel PTU will be wave one only going forward? And will it have an uh, impact on hype for the patch for live release? What do you think, Space Tomato? Do you think we'll only ever have a wave one? No. I think that would, that would not go over well. Because like, if, if they only stopped and said, hey, only people who pay can use PTU, that, that would not be good. <laughs> I already think that the first wave for BTU should be people who just do a lot of testing but aren't an Evocati. Um, but yeah, if they just did wait one wave with PTU, I, I don't think they would be able to really gale as much as they want to when they're testing. Uh, but they'd also, it, it would also just not be a great dynamic for the community. Morph, what do you think? Do you think they'll, they'll I, limit I, it to wave one? I think it's important not to forget that the wave is although used for marketing and making them money, it's ultimately a tool set that they have uh, to scale the amount of people using the, the test environment. So they start with a small scale of internal testers and they move on to a larger group of external Evocati private testers. And then they move on to even a larger group, which is wave one, wave two is even larger and wave three is even larger. And the reason why they do that is because it helps them narrow down issues more quickly. Doing large scale right away is gonna, flood them with information and make it harder for them to pinpoint problems. So they need to do it in this order. I don't think wave three will ever go away. They need that bigger scale that's close to the real environment to test before it goes to the actual environment. Uh, they've ever, they've only ever very rarely completely, they've never skipped it. But they've only ever very rarely had a very short wave three cycle. Um, like maybe right before Invictus, I think they did that once because it wasn't a very big patch and they needed to get it out to live. So absolutely don't expect it to ever go away. It's just that, um, I know that you're probably not in wave one, so you don't know how bad it is. Like I can't even play it right now. It's so bad. I can't access my inventory. Um, like none of the, none of the missions are showing up. Like it, oh boy. Um, you fall through surfaces. It's, it's really bad. Okay. When mm. you, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing is luck. And just like people banging their head against wall until they get the footage they want, because it's not it's not ready. They need to yeah. patch before they get it out to wave three. Sounds like my uh, stream might be short today. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. See. I played it yesterday and it was better, but there were a lot of problems. Um, like compared to when I first played it versus t uh, yesterday, it was dramatically better. But random FPS spikes and dumps um, all the time. AI sometimes being at super killer moments versus absolute dumb, um, you know, inventory yeah. loading and not loading, uh, not being able to drop stuff on the ground. There's, there's lots of, of, of problems that, that currently occur. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, 
I, I'm going to reflect what everyone else said. No, there's no way they're going wave one only forward. The reason why it's taking so long for wave one is because it's just taking a long time to get it stabilized. If they release yeah. this, uh, and the other question I often get is wave two, because there's no, usually people don't go to wave two. They usually go from wave one to, to open. And the reason why they have a wave two is because of patches like 318. They're like, we're not ready for whatever, uh, 400,000 people to smash this thing hard, whatever, whatever their type, their, their highest uh, uh, tide is when it comes to, to, to users. They're, they're, they, they're restricting as much as they possible so they don't, so they can easier understand the material that's or the, the data that's coming out. So wave two yep. is always going to be there. Even if they skip it, that'll always be there just in case they need it. So. And, and wave two, as I understand it, is only ever given to people who are uh, proven good testers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also a tool for them is that they've got uh, some issues that they really want to pin down and they need some good testers to come in who are outside of Evocati, which are the very best testers in the game then they get wave two in. So they get another wave of, you know, solid people who are going to report in a way that is useful to CIG. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very specific way you report bugs to be helpful. Uh, you guys can probably find a video on how you should report bugs, but uh, there's definitely a, there's definitely a process to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Moondog Monty, who asks expectation versus anticipation. Is there a difference? Do the choice of words uh, content creators use when talking about the future of Star Citizen have an influence on how viewers will perceive the project? Start with you on that one, Morph. Oh, absolutely. I think that um, content creators right now are have a pretty decent influence for how the project is perceived, at least for the more hardcore community or the more interested community. For the wider community, I'm not so sure. I think that uh, there's there's a larger percentage of people who don't watch YouTube who actually play Star Citizen than do, uh, but or even Twitch, I should say as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's even fewer people who watch Twitch than watch YouTube by a very large percentage. Um, so yeah, we've got influence, but uh, only in the people who watch us, which is in a big number. Yeah. What do you think? Our tomatoes gone. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? And tomato's gone. Uh, no, I will okay, go. Well, nope, me, nope, nope. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> let me clear. Like we, we have, we have no influence over other people for the CIG. Yeah. We no, have no, no, no. Influence over people's perceptions of the project, depending on how we present it. Absolutely. Uh, if, if we're being specifically, uh, if we're lying to people or saying we want to specifically, uh, present the project in, in a certain negative light or whatever, but um, I, I don't think, like I said, that in the Creator Summit that anybody in this community is intentionally trying to yeah. uh, be negative or something. I think they're just expressing their opinions or uh, whether it posit- be positive or negative, and they've got their own viewpoint, and that's yeah. fine, and that's healthy, I think. So. And the question, the question was specifically on the community. Our, our in- yeah, not on, not on CIG. Yeah. We, I mean, like, CIG, um, they pride themselves and they've they've actually been very reserved uh in in certain like even expanding the reward program because of them making their their fear of it creating the perception that influencers have an influencers of like community i'm just speaking general content creators have an undue influence on the project itself i think that that had a can have a very negative effect when that does happen i I direct you to tarkov as a great Mm -hmm. example Unfortunately, I think that that community or the game is heavily driven by the top streamers um, because they're friends and well-known to Nikita. 
and it creates this very, I think, uh, unfortunate byproduct of it being a very sweaty game because it's targeted towards the, that kind of hardcore streaming community. That's not what I think they want Star Citizen to be, and I think their approach, although it would be great to get more referral stuff on the referral program, is probably the best approach. Yeah. Uh, I, I will I will also say this, like uh, the expectation versus anticipation, like people say that words have no meaning. Words have every meaning the, what you say really determines on on what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I will often say I try to set expectations as much as best as I can. Uh, and what I mean by that is what you're expecting from from the from the uh, the the overall, you know, this year or whatever. Anticipation is is what creators have started to call copium or hopium it's it's what we dream it's the dream of star citizen rather than the actual reality of star citizen that we see um and you can anticipate lots of things and not expect expect them but yeah we do our, the way we cover topics can have a huge impact on how the community go uh, kind of reacts to it it can be individual community uh, content creators but i think the the community the creators are um greater we're greater than the sum of our parts. I guess it was as a whole, we have a huge impact on the direction that happens. Um, right. You know, but I, I, I want to add to this a caveat is that generally speaking that, uh, I don't think there are very many creators who have the ability to completely steer the conversation. No, I think more that they're speaking to a segment of the community that believes something in a certain way and it resonates with them already. And that's why it gets traction. So for example, yeah. the 600 I video I did, gained so much traction because if you want, if you looked at Reddit, everybody was complaining about it. Everyone was like, holy crap, this is not what I expected. And I made a video on it because I was also very, you know, very uh, upset about it. And so they were like, yeah, cool. This is the video that's saying my thoughts. Yeah, I like this. I agree with this guy. People want to watch videos that they agree with uh, to confirm their own bias. And that's why it sometimes has the illusion that creators affect the direction of the community. I think that they they can highlight topics more and somewhat influence the direction, but there's not like, it's not like I can, I mean, look at my A2 video. I have an opinion that I stand by with my A2 video, but a lot of the people in the community disagreed with me. I didn't steer everybody to hate the A2 and nerf it. And certainly CIG has done nothing about it. So Mm -hmm. what influence do I actually have? It's just my opinion, man. Um, So yeah, anyway, you haven't said a word tomato. So uh, I was oh, gonna, I was, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I was going to say morphologists. That's my point. I was, I was, I was trying to uh, yeah. move towards it, which is exactly that, which is we don't have undue influence in the sense that we can make people change their minds. I guess we can a little bit, but we don't set that tone as much. Uh, the Inverunners, runners mm-hmm. when um, uh, I don't know if you were on that, that, that one uh, space mate or not, but uh, where we talked about how star citizens bigger than you think. We're talking about just the size of systems and kind of going through and, and kind of giving people the perspective on that. That yeah. got turned into a, a big a big trending topic that a lot of people started following in Star Citizen. But we weren't the only people who thought about that. There have been people who've been talking about that forever. It's just it hit a nerve yeah. and then that that went forward. Uh, so we only have influence in so much that in so much that we reflect the needs or desires written or unwritten of the community. Um, in that kind of sense. What do you think, Space Tomato? Do you think we have, uh, uh, like, do, do our choice of words uh, have an impact on talking about the future of Star Citizen and how viewers perceive the project? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
it's easy to say that you don't watch or listen to people who make content uh, or, or care about what they're saying. I certainly don't watch or listen to anybody who makes content. Okay. I was going to say about Civilization VI, but I do kind of watch Potato McWhiskey sometimes. Either way, yeah. there are plenty of games and topics that we all love that like we don't necessarily go and watch the content creators for, but I do think still our outlook does get affected by them in that um, creators and influencers are influenced and, uh, well, yeah, influenced by the community as much as the community is influenced by them. You know, if uh, this happens a lot, I'm sure you guys can attest to this. You will put out a video on YouTube. It'll be about something Star Citizen related, might be negative, might be positive, doesn't really matter. You'll start getting comments that have nothing to do with the video, but like are just angry about something. And you're like, why? Why are you saying this here? And you go and you look around a little bit on YouTube and you find that somebody made a video on YouTube and they said a line and then that line gets repeated in comment sections. And like, it doesn't necessarily always happen in this way, but that's so easy for that line to spread and maybe not even you know, change someone's entire point of view, but it could get them to think about a new topic or a new way of thinking about that thing, make a new video for that, make a new blog post, a Reddit post, something. And that just like bounces off of each other all over the community. I think the only difference when it comes to content creators is just that they have a larger spread. So like that phenomenon can happen more when a content creator says their opinion. Um, yeah, but I think like in cases like that, those types of content also play off something that some people want to believe and that's that star citizen is a scam so it's playing off of like a fear or an idea that people suspect and like amping it up on purpose to get clicks mm -hmm. uh and and that in those cases that i'm thinking that i think you're referencing um but i'm sorry tomato please continue well it can be like that and it can also be like i think what brought the question on which was the idea of anticipation versus uh something else expectation and i i get exactly where they're coming from i was mm -hmm. thinking about this while we were answering the questions you were asking us what do we hope we'll see next year and then there's also what does realistically it look like cig can do next year and i know myself i interchange those sometimes i'll say mm -hmm. things that i hope that i think they should be focusing on it's not because i have some better game development insight and i know exactly what's going on that's just my opinion and what i want and the way that we say that in a video could probably lead people to believe certain things that that you know they shouldn't have a 100 percent belief of um and that can be a struggle but ultimately i i don't think a lot of people are trying to necessarily change the community so much as they're just trying to find the people in the community who agree with them and vibe yeah yeah i, I, I like i don't think there are any sociopathic content creators who are <laughs> manipulate trying to manipulate the community and have a very calculated and specific way of making content to create that effect uh, i certainly like i like what tomato just said about like sometimes you interchange it. it's not like you're doing that intentionally it's just like sometimes you know you want something to happen and you just subconsciously you want to talk about it like it will because you're really hoping that it does but it's not like you're trying to make people think that that that's what's going to happen and of course then you afterward sometimes feel bad that you said that because then people point to that and say hey i thought you said this was going to happen yeah. you're like oh shit i yeah. did say that well i, <laughs> I did you know i I was what I meant that, was, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I've so. I've had to get very, very, way better about you know when I say something in a game, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm saying this, and I think mm -hmm. this could happen, but I, uh, sorry, yeah. I, I <laughs> think sorry ahead of time. 
I think Star Citizen teaches you as a content creator a little bit more to to try to separate your hopes from what you think um, yeah. based off of what, what it is. Because like and I think that can often lead to misinformation because like I know morphologist doesn't think that or doesn't hope that this year is going to be terrible. Um, but you're going to look at it when you make a video where you're looking at like the uh, the 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 what you think is going to be making it. And you're just like, uh, this may not be the year for Star Citizen or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's not you're like you're not sitting there being like, hey, 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 I hope Star Citizen doesn't do anything I want. It's no. just like it's like this is what I think based off of what I can see. And hopefully and it'll be better. But that's just setting expectations. So and you know. it's also so easy to share the fact that you made that video with just a couple sentences of anecdotes about it, as opposed to sharing the video itself, which is yeah. 10 minutes of nuance and like explanation and context. And it's really, really easy to look at a video. And I know we, you know, it's a common complaint just reading the thumbnail, but to look at a thumbnail and see it's not the year for so-and-so and then think that's all the video is about when in reality, that's kind of the hook. Whereas there is more to it than that. And it's mm -hmm. so easy to share a video and just be like, yeah, this is about, Blah, 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 instead of going And the reverse detail. can happen, too. You can be like, so something like, 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 this is the year for Star Citizen. And then people get really mad at you or get really upset. They're like, oh, what, what, you said it was this year for Star Citizen. It's like, no, I didn't. Did you watch the video? You know, <laughs> that, that kind of, that kind of reverse option, too. So, yeah. Right, next, and, go ahead. Sorry, and I, I like, and I think that there's a period in your content creation career for Star Citizen where you begin by being really optimistic because you don't realize that a lot of what CIG says are a lot of hopes and not necessarily for sure in stone. And mm -hmm. then, you know, later you find out like, oh, well, they just said that. Wasn't like Theaters of Where, for example, you know, mm -hmm. like Squadron 42's date's been pushed back forever, you know. Uh, we, we made, I know we've all made videos on this stuff talking about like, oh, it seems like it's coming out soon. And then we, later we learned, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> not anytime soon. So you're like, as a creator, like I feel I have a somewhat of a responsibility to limit people's expectations for when CIG says something. Now I was like, hey, guys, I've been around for a while. I know that when they say this stuff, it doesn't mean it's coming out tomorrow. They make it sound that way a lot, but it's probably going to be a lot longer than you think. You're like, think what, how long you think it's going to come out and double that or triple it. And that's probably more accurate. Yeah. So. And, and I, I also think that that's, that's something that CIG is is also it should be held accountable for not just creators is because a lot of times yeah. the creators will be like this is what cig said we're looking i'm looking forward to it and then cig just goes dark or doesn't talk about it and then and then suddenly it's the creator's fault it's suddenly it's board gamers fault for reporting it you know when when it's like it's, that guy, it's all his fault yeah <laughs> it, it's just of, like the, what i said earlier with the drone thing like they yeah. said it so i said it here on the podcast but they very well could have just changed their mind talked about it again. and never yeah. talked about it again you yeah. know yeah so, all right, move on to the next question. Prexial asks, what systems are most important to implement to shape trading into something that it makes more sense in the verse right now? I'm going to assume that they're saying systems in terms of gameplay systems, not necessarily star systems. So I'll start with you on uh, this yeah, space I, tomato. I think that's yeah. a better question. Uh, what, um, what gameplay systems do you think are important to implement to shape trading into something that makes more sense? Um, ownership is something that's really, we really need to see changed up. Like you, the fact that you can't, you can't mine something, refine it, and then have your friend pick it up to sell it as a, as a trader hurts those game loops and the trading idea a lot. Cause you trading as, as itself 
isn't the same as hauling. They're trying to separate those two. They're trying to say, hey, you can be a hauler. You can pick stuff up that people have bought for you and take it somewhere and you'll get paid for that. Or you could be a trader where you actually buy and sell stuff in different markets to get better prices on it. And like trading, buying and selling uh, in order to get shipped, you can't do that. You have to be the hauler too. And that kind of kills the whole idea of only focusing on the trading aspect. So I think the ownership idea of items and commodities is important. We need to be able to transfer stuff to other people to sell. Um, we also obviously need the quantum simulation to pick up local prices, danger on trade routes, stuff like that. Um, I think those are probably the two biggest things. Morph? Mm -hmm. uh, I've oh, there's so much stuff. Uh, I think as tomato said we need trading contracts uh so that we don't own the thing that we're shipping uh we need resource sinks for for those things the things that we ship to go into uh, we need a trade uh trade app on our moby glass uh so we can see the prices of commodities throughout the star system to know where we should go to buy and sell things we need the physicalization of cargo because that's going to hugely affect or not physicalization of cargo which the 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 cargo lifts, I should say, because we've got physical cargo now. We need the cargo lifts and the physical loading of cargo to uh, transform how valuable cargo is because uh, if loading cargo takes a lot more time, it makes each box more valuable and thus smaller ships within the trading uh, chain of ships that you can upgrade to become valuable. So for example, right now, you can't make any money doing shipping with an Avenger Titan, even though it is a courier ship. Um, but with the with, with those boxes being much more valuable you start to be able to make money on a beginner level with trading and i think that's really important for star citizen to have that really clear connection point from the beginning of a profession to the end of the profession uh which we only really have with mining right now so yeah. um and then i thought there's more than that but i think those are the really important things that we've got to see um we've got to see this year or soon rather to get that that loop actually working and then later on having other star systems to make longer shipping routes more valuable higher risk versus higher reward with choke points i think are really important for an interesting uh trading experience like a la eve online like the mm -hmm. most exp the most profitable trade routes are the ones that take you through nullsec or lowsec where there's there's a lot of risk involved or delivering to something to nullsec oh my god you make a lot of money doing that we need that experience so like you know like you know, white knuckle, like, oh my God, am I going to get there? Am I going to get there? Ha oh, ha, I did it. I made a lot of money. You know, like that, you know, experience is so incredible and we don't have that. Yeah. Yet, so. yeah. yeah. I would, I would agree with you there and say like right now they might be testing sort of commodities and physicalized cargo and stuff like that, like the small systems. But by the time we're seeing another system after pyro, I really hope that those same kind of tests are going on for those macro things like Morph is talking about, like actual trade routes, figuring out, how to make trade routes and the overall game loops themselves feel more expansive rather than like the specifics like, Oh, this track dream picks up this box, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say uh, basically everything that was said before, uh, Quanta needs to be implemented in a way that, that makes, that makes commodities variety. So like the shift so that you don't just have a, Oh, this, this will always be this. You know, like, oh, Quantanium is always going to be the, the most valuable item you're ever going to get. So just go mine Quantanium because that makes it boring. You know, if Quantanium is yeah. valuable, but it's, it's steady, but then aluminum suddenly spikes, you can go, 
mine aluminum, go find aluminum. We need to go mine this and bring it in kind of thing that that yeah. needs to be more of a dynamic. So to keep things fresh, uh, it's kind of like uh, how uh, video games like League of Legends and uh, and other uh, kind of games like that will change the meta intentionally just to keep things fresh. So these people aren't using the same heroes or using the same weapons or whatever. They just constantly kind of try to try to keep things moving forward. You kind of got to do the same thing with training in some way, shape or form that will encourage people to trade more because if there's a, a, a gold rush on gold, literally, then people will go find gold or go, go trade gold and it'll change, make it more of a dynamic experience. Yeah. Um, but they, they, I think that that goes hand in hand with the UI to yeah. inform people of that information, like without oh, yeah. having the, Moby Glass app, it's just like, okay, it's happening, but who knows? You know? Yeah, who knows that so, aluminum is is good if you don't know that aluminum is is going high in in terms exactly, of yeah. locations. Yeah, um, that and I think as you all said, more stuff to make uh, trading actually viable uh, through. Yeah, make it interesting. Like you, you know, know, wanting to deliver that cargo to your friend's base to help him build that thing is going to be oh, it's going to have a lot more meaning to it. Yeah, timers and uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, persistent hangers, all that sort of thing. All right. Next question comes from Del Ener, who asks, with Xenothreat getting updated finally to the current game standards, what would you love to see added in the event uh, post-PES world? Cleanup section. <laughs> you have to go through and clean up all of the, the debris. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? What would you like to see added to Xeno Threat in post PES? Uh, I'll start. I would yeah. love to see uh, more organic shipboarding. So, like right now, they have these static wrecks, uh, wrecks set up for uh, that we have to try to board and get the stuff off of. I would love to for them to shift to the sh we witnessing the ships actually be exploded and then like we have to board that wreck um or we could board say for example an enemy hammerhead and we've got to kill the baddies on there like getting that level of involvement now that we have the soft death and pes i think would be really a really great great use of the of the tech so that'd be my number one actually for ps right now space man Honestly, I'm going to agree with that because it's already it's already got uh, ship flying cargo. It's got ship fighting ship and it's got people fighting people and people moving cargo. Um, why not bridge bridge those two with people boarding ship? That sounds pretty cool to me. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, I guess there there's also it'd be cool if they developed maybe some counter missions that spawned that encouraged people who are working with Xenothreat to try and stop the uh, cargo haulers. So like we have people who are going non-quantum to and from the space station to the uh, place with all the wrecks. I mean, maybe, you know, some pirates that work for Xenothreat are trying to steal some of that cargo. And that's an additional uh, objective, although that could complicate or move the center of activity in the events away from the other areas. So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of balance to it, but I think there are, there's also some something they could do with the cargo hauling there. I yeah. like the boarding though. All right. Certainly. Next, next question comes from Duke Lucum who asks, have you noticed gen 12 has improved graphics in 318 visual improvements, not performance. Yeah. I don't know if, actually, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it's directly that, 318 though. I'm sure a lot of it is also like lighting changes and improvements in that sort lighting. of thing. Yeah. Lighting is the primary thing I've noticed is different in 318. I think there's some subtle lighting improvements, uh, 
Uh, so, for example, uh, reflected bodies reflect a lot more light. I noticed that Crusader reflects a lot more light on the night side of Daymar. If you go there at night, it's really bright now. It's actually really nice. Um, that's the the number one thing I've noticed. So just like generally, if you fly around like uh, the yellow uh, asteroid belt, there's something about it that's better. I don't know what it is. It just it feels better. It feels like it's it has so more depth. subtle. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Sorry. It feels like it has more depth. It feels yeah, like it, yeah, it, it's got more depth or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Maybe I think the shadows they've got are they the longer range shadows or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. I also think you can see further than you can in the past because of because of P- yeah, or because of uh, Gen 12. So you may be seeing more of the of the the asteroid belts or more of those locations. So you're seeing it more like your eye sees it because a lot of people don't realize that your eye doesn't have a range limit. You could the reason why you end up with uh, your eyes ends up having a range limit is because the horizon literally dips because, you know, the Earth is curved. So, you know, not to be political, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but somehow that's political, political? Oh, yeah i don't know <laughs> but the yeah it's literally flat, it's political god it's, it's literally because the horizon dips and because the horizon dips is yeah. why your eyes have that range limit so it's 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 unnatural to to have that range limit in the video game because it's harder because it's like oh well why why can't can't see as much that's why they hide it behind fog and smoke and such so maybe that it might be it what do you think space tomato have you seen any improvements I'm... with gen 12 I've mostly noticed it in like UI stuff, like text looks crisper, looks a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely heard people talk about the lighting, but I can't say I've particularly noticed it myself. Um, I did just upgrade my computer though, so you know, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye out. Okay. All right. Next question comes from Quincy Fordor, who asks, "What would new player experience come with with a new interface teased by Chris last CitizenCon?" Besides star map and scan, space beta. What do you think would be the a new new player experience be like? Most important thing I think is the new interaction system. But definitely, a letting people know what they can and cannot interact with. People don't even know that they can like pick certain things up. And b showing people that they don't have to hold the F button and go about this clunky sort of process but all they have to do is tap a button to interact. I think are going to be two really small but useful changes. Um, they probably also should work on kind of sort of like AR items, little uh, little hints that have context. So like, say you're walking through, a, we've seen these in video games at times, you're walking through a city and there's something that you should know about the city, like a, a vendor or a shop or just a thing that, should draw your attention they have like a little line you know that points to it and then a block of text that says this is what this is pops up one time lets you know hey this is how the game world works uh and then never bothers you again i think that kind of stuff should again this going back to that question of hope versus anticipate i i hope that's what they do i think that would be the biggest thing they could do but besides that scanning um and just getting things better labeled one of the biggest examples I always think of is the signs and cities. Like we all know that they have these signs and cities that kind of blend in that work if you use them, but a lot of games don't really do that. So they need to find a way to tell people, Hey, we use signs in the game to show you where to go. Here's how to look out for them. Um, and that'll help people a lot in the long term. Yeah. Oh, what do you think Morph? What would you, what would uh, you add or would you like to see added other than just new map and, um, scanning 100 uh contextual 
tutorial or contextual hints. So instead of the hint bar in the bottom, that just goes to random hints that are relevant to what you're doing. Uh, when you start up for the first time, I would love for there to be a series of contextual hints getting you all the way to flying off into space so that you understand where you need to go, what these things are, how to get onto the tram, you know, look for the signs, maybe like the UI like highlights a sign or something. So it kind of trains you to look for signs. I think that those could all be extremely helpful because I think the hardest thing for a new player is just figuring out how to get into their ship and fly away. It it takes new players often more than an hour to do that. And uh, I know they're having fun exploring and stuff, but some some of them just feel frustrated, not even understanding that they need to call ATC. Like I've seen mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Like, do I, well, I can't leave the hangar. The game's bugged. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I can't blame them for that because, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> tell you. <laughs> a I lot mean, of people. A lot of people. Um, yeah. Oh, I meant the accent. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I, <laughs> um, I, I will echo a lot of this. Uh, and I think I think the uh, the other thing to do, and this is going to sound harsh, but you need to have like a clippy or some other sort of assistant, which is annoying. A little Pico. A little Pico. Pico. A little Pico <laughs> screaming at you about those. Uh, like like when you have the contextual overviews, like this is a hot dog stand. You can have, this is a hot dog stand. A hot dog was invented and blah, blah, blah. You, you want to like have it jammer on so that like it's kind of entertaining. But after a while, a new player, once they get the hang of it, it's like, turn off Pico. I'm turning you off, Pico assistant. I can't, how do I turn this off? You know, and, and have, but, but so the, a, a typical player would be, like, I'm just turning this off immediately. I know what I'm doing. But a new player would be like, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. I've got a little, um, you know, assistant who's telling me what to do in my HUD. Uh, and then, but after like, you know, so long, you, the, you remind you that it's there. So it can be like, okay, I'm going to turn you off. Because I think there's also a, there's definitely an element of Star Citizen where you don't want to handhold too much, but you want to get right. people enough so that they understand what to do. You don't want to just take the keys and throw it in their face and say, good luck, kid. You, you, want, you want to give them a little bit of hand-holding on that initial part. But once they get that initial part down, you don't want to have that continuing to go. And I think that's where CIG's creative side could really kick in when it comes to things like having something that's inverse, that's immersive, that people can enjoy, but also something that will definitely not be you want, something you want to keep around forever. So A little, a little assistant that's introduced by Addison in her... Uh political campaign yeah little or, virtual assistance you you need that, a to, to use a, a halo analogy you need a cortana sometimes to just tell you mm -hmm. what to do yeah so you you have an idea of what's going on but without without it being overly all the time talking but also have a personality so it's not just dry this is the sign this is what it says you know move on kind of thing so um all right next question comes from a little bit of madness who asks in two years from now, do you think you will be saltier, less or the same? Honestly, it depends on the context on, on what two years from now is. Yeah. I have no idea what two years is going to be <laughs> like. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what star citizens would be in two years. We could have squadron 42 in two years. We could have squadron 42 in five years from now. We could have star citizen 4.0 next year or this year. It could be next year. It could be longer. There's really no way of telling that. So yeah. Yeah. What do y'all think? Orf? Um, well, I, I, yeah, exactly. It's contextual. I think that recently I've been more salty because of the focus on Squadron 42, that black box of development where, of which we know nothing about anymore because they don't talk about it anymore. It's just like 
You know, it's, uh, I know that they got to get it out, but we don't know anything about when it's going to come out. It's always seemed like it's two years away. I, I think that if that comes out, I'll be a lot less salty. I mean, like, I'll be very happy to see that kind of progress. But if it doesn't, and we still hear nothing for another two years, I'm going to be kind of more salty about that. Um, but if, you know, like, if they keep updating Star Citizen with really good patches, I'll be really happy too. So I don't know, man. I mean, like, yeah. it, it just depends on so much. I hope, I'll say what I hope. I hope I'll be less salty. I hope okay. I will be far less salty. I will, I will echo that. I hope I, I am less salty. <laughs> yeah. Space Mato? It, I don't know, man. It could, like, the game could be in an amazing place in two years. Like, we could have server meshing, squadron could be out, um, freaking, I don't know, physical damage, farming. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. all the things could be in game. But I might still be falling through spaceships, in which case I'll be more salty. But, like, okay. At the same time, we could not have farming and not have physical damage, but maybe we have hacking and uh, new star systems and server meshing is running phenomenally, you know, and then I'm I'm not more salty. There's so many variables that could make me more or less salty, but I'm assuming I'll be about the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also think the one thing I will say is that I don't think CIG can afford to do the same thing over and over again, and I don't think CIG has, but... There's this, there's a, there's a myth that like Star Citizen hasn't changed, that that's the same thing. And I think that's mostly people who don't follow the project as closely as most people like us do. It has changed dramatically and it will change in two years, no matter what, something will be different probably by the end of this year, let alone in two years. So, um, the CIG wills continue to have to keep this going, this train going somehow if they want to keep making the game. So, uh, all right. Next question comes from Witchspace, who asks, given how much Star Citizen changes over time, should YouTube creators take down or add out-of-date cards to info and tutorial vids when they become outdated? I do. I have a couple tutorials myself on smuggling, and I, they're both, I both added the patches that they were released to them since, since then, just because um, it's, it's you know, out-of-date. But I also had cards like, hey, the updated version is here. What do you think? Do you think tutorial uh, YouTubers have a... Uh, obligation to update their old tutorials uh space Mano? i think it's good to let people know there's a newer one it's kind of hard to keep track sometimes like i'm sure i've missed a couple but linking the old the new one in the old one's description is pretty good or putting the end screen or just a card or some kind of something in the title i think it's good yeah it, it's hard to kind of depend decide though how much how much of a change do you need to say it's outdated like if something's tweaked a little bit three patches later, do you really delete or say this one's outdated or do you just kind of let it go and know that people will figure it out given the different updates? That's a good point. Morph? Yeah, I, I think it depends on how old the video is. But I, I, for me personally, I I have a different perspective because I have a couple of really popular tutorials. In fact, they're the most viewed new starter guides on youtube period and the old ones don't really get suggested anymore so it's not like i i need to do much for them they're kind of just ignored now um so youtube just kind of does it itself when they become irrelevant they just kind of stop being promoted and Mm. uh so i don't i don't know if it's it's really necessary to go through through that effort i don't really get comments on those old videos anymore they're not being viewed i get no views like zero so Mm. uh, uh 
the other thing is like, even if I wanted to, one of the things that's really frustrating is that the YouTube tool set for, for doing that is really crappy. Those little cards are so tiny, like with a little, like people don't see them. And for ultra wides, uh, they don't have cards like on the back at the end, uh, which is really frustrating. Uh, they, they don't support all two, 21 by nine is not supported for any of those features. So I can't ask people to subscribe at the end. I can't show different videos at the end. Frustrate, frustrates me to no end. I so wish that they did that because if they did, I totally would every single video, especially the old guides, I would add like, here's the new tutorial at the end or whatever so that people know. They okay. Can. So. Uh, all right. Next question comes from a little bit of madness who asks, now that you've been making content for Star Citizen for some time, how do you treat the project differently from when you started? I'll start with you on this one, Morph. How do you treat the the the, the project differently from uh, from the started? Um. Well, I uh, I was certainly a lot more optimistic back then. I I think it's hard to look back and judge my perspective partially because I think that I was also unfamiliar with Star Citizen or just development in general. I didn't understand how long it took things to make, uh, how difficult programming was. Uh, so at the, at the beginning, I, I thought, you know, when they showed off squadron 42 and they said that it was going to be coming out in 2016, when I first started making my first star citizen videos that like, you know, it was just around the corner that we were going to see squadron 42 and like a really kind of not complete game, but like a, a very playable experience after 3.0. And that just never really happened. Um, so I think now I have a much more reserved perspective on it. Uh, and uh, I think I have a deeper appreciation for the difficulty of what they're trying to do. Uh, I, I really appreciate it and I fully support it. And now I'm just kind of excited about even small details that aren't great to make videos on, but kind of keep me interested. Like I would love to know more about PES and how successful it is from the programmers and like what interesting bugs they found. Terrible for a video, nobody would care outside of like a very niche community, but God, I would love to know, please share that information. So yeah, that's how I've changed back then. I would have loved like, I want pretty planets. Show me the pretty planets. Yeah. And now I'm like, um, it's like, okay, I like the pretty planets, but also and those are great for videos, by the way, the best. In fact, they get the most views, those types of videos. Like there's not a lot of stuff to do, but they're so pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm more, I'm more interested in a lot of the down little detail stuff. Tomato, have you have you approached con making content for uh, differently from when you started? Um, yeah, I've definitely started. I've I think my content changed a lot probably in the last year or so. I was very excited to cover anything, anything and everything that was interesting to me, and this kind of goes back to how we began the original podcast talking about kind of how we make content are you making content for yourself for the community stuff like that mm -hmm. um i used to just any any feature that i was interested in i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna get a video out of this i remember making a video out of the long distance probing and scanning and like i loved making it. it's one of my favorites but at the same time i wouldn't make that video today um because i've started to try and cover things that are more realistically closer um when it comes to the long, longer term videos and features, I make those for like supporters. They don't really care too much if it's something they won't see for a while. But I started to focus a lot more on 
realistic progress that CIG could be making based on their own timelines. Because um, a lot of times you'll, like Morph says, they'll talk about something and it'll seem like it's coming pretty soon, but it's not. And over time, you start to recognize what of that stuff is and is not going to come soon. So I really started to pivot the specific topics I was looking at making videos about over the last, I would say, year and a half or so. Okay. Um, personally, oh yeah, of course I have. <laughs> when I started making content, I was making content for Arena Commander and doing con combat stuff. I am now doing lore and uh, reading monthly reports. I I'm with Morph in the sense that, like, I started doing this because pretty, pretty ship, pretty planet, and then kind of <laughs> moving, moved on from that to a lot more of the the how is this working and and finding it. And I, am, I uh, just in general, I think anyone who makes content in Star Citizen is going to shift over time because things interest you differently or just the context of what's going on in the game changes. So yeah, for sure. Uh, Chaos Squall asks morphologists. They've recently added Asian servers over, over there. What's the ping like for you and how big is the community over there? We had an ISC on translations a few months ago. I feel like when we started getting uh, the, the Asian market, Star Citizen members will explode. Do you think this will happen? Uh, I think it's already starting to grow quite quite substantially, actually. There's a pretty decently sized Chinese-speaking community from Hong Kong and Taiwan. Uh, and I know there's a Chinese community as well. They, I don't think they, they intermingle as much, but uh, for cert absolutely certain, there's, there's a much bigger Asian community now. I know there's a community in Japan, too. I went to a bar citizen here, actually, uh, that had like full house of people, like 30 people from a, a local... Uh, Org, org that they have it was actually only org members and there would would have been more if they had opened it up to all the people who play star citizen in taiwan um and so yeah it's great and and we all everybody here is so uh ecstatic that we have servers in asia now I, i've got it i get a 20 ping now I, I everybody here has has had to put up with uh at at minimum 150 ping uh you know so, uh, I mean, at best, I should say, at best, 150 ping, you know, and, and usually 200 to 250 ping. So, and that's even to Australian servers, which is closer than the U.S. So, would, it's great. When would you say, if you noticed at least, when would you say the population over there really started to pick up with Star Citizen? Um, you know, I probably only the past couple of years, I'd say, that it's really started to pick up. I don't know why that is. Uh, it could be something to, I don't know what, you know, is the, the chicken before down? the egg? I was approached by a couple Chinese speaking uh, viewers who wanted to translate my videos and put them on Billy Billy, which is a Chinese speaking uh, version of, of YouTube. And I said, fine. Yeah. Do whatever you guys want. That sounds great. And I didn't ask for anything in return. I just thought it was cool that they wanted to translate and put it up. And those videos have gotten a fair amount of views. Uh, and so I think that, uh, either the, I think they're kind of feeding each other that, you know, they're translating more. So more people, more people are seeing star citizens. So more people are getting into it. Uh, but I'm not sure what started it specifically, uh, but it, it's happening, which is really cool. I wasn't expecting that. The, 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 uh, the market here is very much about RTS games and like, uh, highly competitive top down, uh, games like, uh, you know, league of legends. Like that's the number one game in Taiwan really, uh, and, and like mobile games and stuff. So it's surprising and exciting that it's happening. 
Yeah, you, you mentioned that. And I actually remember someone approaching me and asking for, to, if they could translate uh, lore, some of my lore videos for Chinese uh, Chinese market for, for Billy Billy. And I was like, yeah, sure, it's fine. Because I, I, I get a couple of those people. I had a couple of people from um, France and from, I want to say Sweden, who said, hey, can we do, can I can translate your videos? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, I, I noticed that. And I will also say, you know, it might be the, the COVID lockdown, maybe. I don't know if that, 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 that helped or not, because I think there's like a, the, there's a lot of people indoors because as far as I understand, and I am woefully ignorant about the market in, in Asia, but last time I really paid attention to that, it was more focused around, uh, like internet cafes, like computer cafe kind of gameplay. Um, though I assume that that may have changed simply because 2020 required you're not going out to a internet cafe, you're staying at home. So it may have gotten more people to buy computers and stay at home. Absolutely. So, yes. So I mean like the GPUs were hard to get here. I mean, they, have, yeah. they make a lot of them here. And so they were always in very good supply. I mean, got a 4090 before anybody else did in the U S cause it came out so quick here. But uh, you know, this past couple of years, absolutely. Like everybody's been buying computers, but otherwise I think now that things are going back to normal, they're going back to internet cafes. It's mm -hmm. just like a cool hangout spot. Generally, uh, the, the thing is here that real estate's really expensive. Most people don't live in big homes. They live in small homes, sometimes without windows. And so mm -hmm. they want to get out of the house. They want to go to a cafe. They want to go to a park. They want to go to a mall. And so like that kind of like thing that we don't have in the U S anymore is very popular here simply because of that fact. And so internet cafes are booming, man. They're still a yeah. thing and they've got some really cool ones. Yeah. How do you yeah. deal with a game like this when you want to do like if people are bringing dual sticks or pedals, eye trackers, like all these peripherals that you could play with games like this, how do you go to an internet cafe and do that? I, you know what? I don't know. I, I would think that some of them actually already have them set up if the owner is already enthusiastic about that game. Yeah, but otherwise, I think they just do mouse and keyboard. I don't think it's necessary. It's not you don't need a not necessary. Yeah, yeah, you can just well, play with mouse and keyboard. Star Citizen's always been on the higher end in terms of uh, requiring for for uh, for stuff. And I know at least from my experience, especially from my understanding of South Korea and Japan, was that the mm -hmm. focus was more on internet cafes, which meant that games like Dota and and League of Legends were more popular because they were re required less. Uh, lower end play, computers, yeah. so you can absolutely you can, yes. Pushes that. So Star Citizen being much higher, I always thought, ah, oh, that's probably the barrier entry. But I do think if if there we do see a large number, it may be because people more people purchase their own computers so that they could well that kind of stuff. So they have gotten to the point where the game runs decently well on okay, okay just like like mid level computers. It wasn't always that way. I remember back in the yeah. day on the two point six, mm -hmm. the best computers couldn't manage more than twenty FPS. Everyone was getting like nineteen fifteen, nineteen FPS at Port Alsar. But the best video card available at the time. I had I had a dual dual Titan setup in SLI. I couldn't manage better than fifteen FPS at Port Alsar. So Yeah. I think there, that's probably don't even know. People don't even know we had a hard limit on frames back in the day. Like now you can get good hardware and run the game, but man, oh, that was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Really bad. All right. Let's move on to the next question, which is a little bit of madness who asks, what type of content do you think you will be making for Star Citizen when development is finished? Or is that journey uh, or is the journey where the content is? Oh, this one's fun. Well, so question. Okay, uh, so the question oh, is, yeah, what ahead. kind of content do you think you'll be making when development is finished? Okay. Or is the journey where the content is? Space Tomato, I'll start with you. 
I've always, I've actually, so I do a lot of feature com content and I'll always do that kind of like news covering what's going on with the game development. But my, my actual passion, the content I cannot wait to make in this game, and I talk about it a lot on stream, is basically, it's perfect. We were talking about this earlier. Um, Susan Kate kind of does it. It's, it's the stuff that I see a lot in Daisy or Rust, which is kind of like cinematic gameplay that doubles as storytelling. So you have, you know, a narration going alongside cinematic music, set pieces, third person film. It's, it's like a mix between machinima and gameplay. And I cannot wait. I've already got the name for it. I've got like the ideas of what I want to do. All I've been waiting for is a computer upgrade so that I can start to actually record gameplay. Um, and now that that's happened, I'm excited to jump into that. So I think by the time the game actually comes out, I want to be making multiple uh, or at least one gameplay storyline and focusing a lot more on content that's actually in the game. I want to be able to go out on my own and uh, do missions in another star system that people don't generally get to see and just show like a cinematic experience in Star Citizen. doesn't have to be very skilled doesn't have to be super funny i just want it to be cinematic and engaging and immersive i it's, i'm so excited for that kind of content so something like bed bananas does right but like um kind of but there is no narration to bed bananas stuff so like yeah. i think a big part of what you can do is you'll always be playing the game and you'll have your own words and, and dialogue going on but there's so much more you can add to the story if you have a narration going on in the background that's pointing out some things that might not be noticed or that's setting up the story in ways that you can't do with footage like if you're doing the introduction to your gameplay you could jump straight into a, a ship exploding and you getting ejected out and trying to survive or you could build it up with your voice with things that you're saying mm -hmm. and then get to that point and i think there's a lot more creativity that you can you can do when that's there like the 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 Frankie NPC the um, the Jack Frags I guess to a degree you know kind of Jack Frags yeah. um, Sour Sweet in Daisy does a lot mm -hmm. of them uh, JLK does some stuff Wellen does stuff in Rust so like those are just a few of the names that I started but like my my YouTube feed's been clogged with Daisy content over the last year because I just gotten obsessed with that stuff okay uh, Morph is what's what's the the end the end I game for content. I know? started YouTube because of Frankie on PC. Like yeah. that content was so engaging and interesting. And I realized only like much later that he spent so much effort just making those work. They were like very scripted uh, uh, for, for like a lot of it. Um, the, there were real interactions, but most of it was like scripted and it was just so well done. He was such a good storyteller. Um, I would love to do stuff like that, but you can't right now in Star Citizen. But I actually think that uh, we, well, I want to be real here, like really real star citizen has Realist. absolutely defied expectations and norms for a game's development cycle. Like it has been in development longer than games have been in development, gone through their cycle and died. Like that's how long it's been in, in development. And, and actually what's crazy is that every year they make more money. And I just don't think that that's going to stop. I can't like see it stopping. It's cr I don't know why. I, I think it's because maybe it's such a niche and it's the niche is so in, like wealthy that they just keep paying more money and it just keeps growing and attracting more people. And they're also wealthy and they keep putting money into it. I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's kind of speculation, but 
I, I think that that means that they're going to be able to continue developing the game. And if they are going to fill out everything that they've promised, if you do the numbers, which a number of content creators, including myself, have done for just like developing star systems alone, it's going to take them at least 10, 12 years. It's just for star systems, because if you think about uh, getting out 120 star systems, they would need to put out three star systems per quarterly patch per year. That's, you know, that's a lot. We, we've gotten mm -hmm. one star system in the past 10 years, and now we're going to get another star system, which took like three or four years. Like at that rate, this is not going to be out of development in the next 10 to 20 years. It's going to be continually developed. If they mm -hmm. continue to get funding, which like I've said, which I set up this conversation with, I don't think is going to stop. I think yeah. they're going to keep getting developed. Uh, they're going to keep getting money. So they're going to keep going. And even if they, they somehow are able to make five star systems or 10 star systems per patch, which I think is absolutely absurd and unrealistic. You also have to consider <laughs> crazy. all the, all the ships that they need to go back and redo. Like mm -hmm. there's so much work. I told you like the backlog, I made a video about this. There's 35 years of developer time in the backlog for ships. It's, insane how much work they have left to do for this game to be quote unquote complete mm -hmm. uh so yeah i think we're we're going to be discussing development for as long as we decide to do youtube for or until mm -hmm. we die um I, I hate to say it so uh <laughs> realistically 10 years from now we're still going to be seeing the star system developed hopefully yeah uh, i i will I, I will i will echo that in the sense that i think the, the, the unique thing about Star Citizen is that it's much more, it's much different from a typical game, which is like, this is the end point, it's released, we're done. Star Citizen is already in a, in a state of perpetual forever development, but it's not in the way that a lot of people will like throw that as like, as a gotcha, like, oh, it's going to never be finished. It's like, it's never going to be finished. Is WoW ever done? Is, is yeah, like, you know, exactly. it, it's on, uh, constantly going to be worked on. I think CIG will reach a point where they're like, 1.0 done, but I don't think that's going to be when all 100 systems are in. I think no, something it, like... Oh, God. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. I, I think that they could get to a basic level of, you know, interesting gameplay loops where all the basic gameplay loops are, are somewhat in Tier 1 or Tier 0 or Tier 2 maybe, even like not fully fleshed out, but like mm -hmm. there and usable and interacting with other systems. And then what we can look forward to is those systems being continually polished and us getting new star systems every patch yeah. for the next 10 years, you know, yeah. like at least the next 10 years, maybe longer. And that will be so exciting to like, hey, guys, the next star systems are coming out. Everyone's going to gather at the jump points and get ready to go in. Uh, and I think yeah. that could be really good. I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that the the experience of being in this development is going to get any worse. I think it's going to only get better. It's It's like the baseline we have now is tolerable and fun at times, but we're getting to the point where it's getting like genuine, generally more fun than not fun, which is good. Yeah, know? I think yeah. by the time we're hitting beta, it's not nobody's going to be. I mean, people will be talking about a beta. release, yeah, um, <laughs> because like everything would be permanent by then. But like by the time we're hitting a, as you say, beta, you know, it doesn't matter if it's released or not. It's going to be a genuinely enjoyable game because the features would be in by that point and they're working mostly on the polish compared to where we are now. That would be a lot better. So, yeah, you know, and as, as much as I, it sucks how much those star systems are going to take a while, it's still going to be a great experience in the meantime. 
Yeah. I what I've I've been saying for a while is that I what I anticipate from CIG, and this is one of those anticipations, not something CIG has said, was I ex- I anticipate them to do a soft launch. Well, they'll reach a beta state with a couple of systems in, and then they'll just say we're not we're not going to wipe anymore, or we don't plan on wiping anymore. They still have the option to do it, but they're just not going to work on it. And so effectively, at that point, it would be launched. It's just CIG is not going to say it's launched. So. And and constantly updating and polishing going forward, and then that's that's I think the the road forward. And for me, in terms of content, um, whatever I want to do, <laughs> I don't do this for a living. So whatever I want to do, I'll do. Uh, I I like to make uh, I make guides on smuggling. I do lore. I do other things. Like I'll just keep doing what I do. So and that'll probably change. So, and I think what you're doing now is going to pay off in spades in the future, dude. Like with lore. Yeah. I think what really needs to happen is for Squadron 40 to come out and be good so that people are like, oh my God, I want to learn more about this universe. And it's like, hey, look at all this library of awesome uh, like guides and info from the Astropub. And they're going to they're gonna like watch all of your videos. Yeah. I will too. I definitely will go through all the videos <laughs> again because we're like, yeah. oh man, I want to learn about this thing that I heard about in Squadron 42. That leads to something else. Oh, does that lead into episode two? Or like maybe yeah. something I can find in the verse that's an Easter egg? You know, like, it's going to be a lot of that. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I anticipate once they announce Squadron 42 is coming up, I'm going to go through all of the stuff I know and, and go about what we know about Squadron 42, what we know about the characters, where, where they come from, what are these, what does this mean, that kind of stuff. But I know it's like, and that doesn't really matter, but hopefully this year CIG has also said, the lore team said that they're, they're pulling back on the content for the website because they're going to be doing more stuff in the verse. And I'm like, I hope. Don't don't tease me like this, Lord Team. Don't tease me like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we ever need that? We need a story in the universe to make it feel more alive. We need that story mm-hmm. that we can find um, yeah. more than anything. And even just like, even if like this, one of the things I really hope for the star map is that the blurbs that they have about each planet and moon and just part of the system has a lot of lore attached to it. So you can learn about the cities and about the planets and stuff along with that experience. That could be so yeah. cool. And yeah. then update them based on what we find in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Chaos Squall, who asks, uh, "Do you think we will get a server player increase once this uh, once uh, once again this year? If Pyro is meant to be coming out this year, surely it means let player cap will go up as well. Almost certainly, if Pyro comes out this year. Uh, what do you think? What more? Do you think we're going to see a player cap increase? I think it's it's possible, but I wouldn't I wouldn't guarantee it. Uh, but I think see they. They need to do this because the weakest link uh, for server meshing is a single server, and it needs to... uh, Whatever the weakest link is is going to be the max server count capacity for the server mesh environment for non-dynamic server meshing. Because if you think about it, if you've got, say, 300 people in Stanton, and they all decide to go to, you know, uh, an event area around Crusader, then that server that's handling Crusader needs to handle 300 people. So if it can't, then then that's going to suck. It's not going to be that impressive. So I think they're going to push after they get more of the networking stuff done. Maybe I think we might expect to see it after they get the replication layer off of the server shard. So it's a separate server because it's taking that load off the main server. We might see another bump, but um, I'm not sure. We, it might start happening, I think, closer to when they do server meshing just before yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. Because the other thing we have to worry about is... Um... Because the thing that that's weird is that when you scale the servers, like 
they'll have less entities per server so they can increase mm-hmm. the player cap then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that there is that ability, but at the same time, you're right, they need to be able to harden and just jump those numbers up as high as possible for a single shard right now, because if they can get that upper end while it's still doing performing pretty well, then they that's effectively the size of the shard that they can use, because that's the, right. the minimum the minimum requirement. Well, so see, see, here's the weird thing. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago when they removed uh, Delamar. Uh, I know you guys remember they removed Delmar, but uh, the reason why they did that, and I speculate in the video, and I'm almost certain this is the case, is that there were too many entities, and they had set this said this separately of the removal of it. They had painted it as like it's going to the Nix system, but the real reason was they had earlier said in development posts that the servers are at their absolute maximum capacity right now with the amount of entities that they have. They ended up doing very sneaky things that you guys probably didn't notice, like removing some of the stations around some of the Lagrange Point stations that we used to have. They removed them because there were too many entities in Stanton uh, and they couldn't add any more, mm. which is why I said I don't even think they're going to be able to get Crusader in, which they ended up doing because they must have cut something out somewhere or made it more efficient. So I think they're still limited by the server being overstressed by Stanton. So I don't know what they're going to be able to do to test out that bigger cap, or they're probably going to have to do some interior like uh, Evocati tests on like a very limited part of the non-mesh shard of just maybe Microtech. Let's see how many people we can get on Microtech on a server that only has Microtech. Uh, They'll probably do that. I don't know if we're ever going to see that publicly, though. Uh, It'd be really interesting to find out about it from leaks, though. Okay. Space Mater, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see a player cap this year? I mean, I agree in that it's possible. Uh, they've talked about wanting to increase the player cap, I think. I think since they did it the last time, they've mentioned that they would like to again. Um, but I don't know if that's something that they would want to do in line with server meshing, static server meshing coming in, or maybe something they just want to try and get in in between uh, 3.18 and 4.0. But it's possible. I'm not really banking on it. I don't. I'm not going to count on it. I will all say right. this. I think we'll see something increase with 4.0, but I think we can all agree that 4.0 is very much possibly not coming this year. So, Okay, so there's a lot of questions, and we still got, so I paused the questions for now. We're going to go through some of these <laughs> pretty quickly because we're already at a, over an hour, and I want to respect y'all's time as well. So um, Dragon Wolf asks, ships, symmetric or asymmetric? And, uh, and why is symmetric the only right answer? <laughs> Morph, I think this question's more directed towards you. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I think asymmetric ships are brave. If you can pull off an asymmetric ship design, I think it can be very heroic and interesting and exciting. But it's not easy to do. I think there are a lot of examples of bad asymmetrical ships in science fiction design. But I think the Corsair, for example, has done an excellent job of making an asymmetrical design look good. I think that the two wings balance the one longer wing uh visually it's just it does i think a really good job it's not for everybody but i think it it feels like a hero ship you know like Mm -hmm. one that you'd see in a science fiction show Uh, but i you know there's definitely beauty to symmetry but i think we should also be open to asymmetry space uh, what do you think asymmetric or symmetric um i couldn't pick one over the other to be honest i mean i like i don't have a specific type of ship that i'm always pulled towards if a ship comes out and i like it i like it you know i like the raft i like the the Ares starfighter i like the reclaimer um i like the corsair i think there are some really cool asymmetric ships the corsair being a good one um the pioneer is kind of one that i that i 
was really into and i hope we see someday uh but i like i like symmetry symmetry is pretty cool overall i think i would lean towards asymmetry okay. just thinking thinking more on like the games i've enjoyed um and specifically interiors i think are the, the things i'm more focused on when i considering symmetry versus asymmetry is interiors asymmetric are a lot more interesting than exterior asymmetric in my opinion all right uh i'm gonna hit this next one going through some of the faster ones so we can give you some of them um chaos squall theaters of war uh will we hear about it this year or are we expecting silence on it still this is where I will step in because this is one of those things that <laughs> go ahead. I'm, I am wrong. <laughs> I'm going to be wrong about this. I know I am, but I'm still going to the, 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 the point of this is to say, pay attention to the arena commander team because the arena commander team didn't exist until February of last year. And it now consists of people from fire Sprite and people from the star citizen teams from CIG teams. And they announced early or like towards the end of last year that they were going to do, do something that they have not done since the project started, which is add a new combat map to arena commander, which is going to be Jericho station. And that surprised me because I'm like, what we're doing more maps for arena commander. And on top of that, all of the racing maps we see on in game right now, all of those will be in arena commander. If they're not already in arena commander, so there's the team that's as arena commander are, are they're either not being paid attention to or their their leash has l- been released and CIG is like go do what you want make make it work. Um so if there's one thing that team almost certainly is trying to do is to get theaters of war working and and and, and good. And this is a year that theaters of war would actually function pretty well in the sense that we could have large gaps of people not being hyped about something. So this would be, that would be a, a, an an interesting addition to the game that would get people interested in talking about the game again, without having to really worry about its effect on the uh, PU because it's completely separate. So that's what, but what do you think? Do you think we're going to see theaters of war this year? uh, Morphologist. Uh, I want to believe what you're saying, but (laughs) I me wants to believe that they don't see any value in it anymore and they want to quietly forget about it because we've got no it. official statement uh from sean tracy since mm-hmm. sitcom that's that, that we, after that nothing yeah so it's weird that they've said nothing and the team got taken over by sony and and put on, pushed off the project so my my sense of it is that they've quietly just moved on from it and they're not going to come back to it but i hope i hope i hope so much that <laughs> what you said is true because i played I played it at Sitcon. I, I got to try it. It was really fun. I played it with Wasted Space and we both really enjoyed it. There were a lot of really fun, like I would say battlefield moments, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you like those really cool, crazy things that you could only do in Battlefield. Well, there's more that you can do in Star Citizen. There's more crazy stuff because of everything that they've done with the detail. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Killed killed yeah. by fire extinguisher was the one that they 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 like to highlight <laughs> there early on. So yeah. um yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I've, I've had this conversation with both of you on, on my podcast, Paul, you've been very much, yes, it's coming next year. And then more, if you've also been like, no, they completely dropped it. Um, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. I still, I'm still waiting for them to kind of show that they have the idea for those modules that I think we all kind of are hoping they do in the sense that like 
they're supposed to be these free, standalone, easy to jump into games that show you kind of Star Citizen, you, you wet your beak a little bit, and then you want to try the PU. Um, so I'm still waiting to see if that's what they have planned, because if they just want them to stay being modules and just be something on the menu that you can jump into and they're not really pushing it or trying to do it on its own, then I'm like, well, why bother at this point? Um, just keep testing it with your live events and with Star Marine and stuff like that. But if they want it to be something on its own, standalone, then I, I do hope that we hear something about it this year. That being said, I don't expect it. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I'm going to make the bold prediction that it is coming this year, but I also uh, will, will say I'm probably wrong on that one. The, the, but the point of being is pay attention to the Arena Commander team because they're up to something. They're, they're oh, sneaky. You're right, Paul. I really do. I really, really, really do. <laughs> yeah. That would be a mind-blowing announcement if, if like, Q3, like, 320, they're like, yeah, we don't have much, but we have theaters of war. I think people would lose their minds uh, at that point. <laughs> Some people would, at least. Um, so, uh, but again, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Hackshaw, uh, Hack, Hawkshaw777 asks, did you, uh, did, did one of you play Xenothreat for 318? I didn't, so I don't know, did you? No, no. So none of us can can give you the experience. All I can tell you is third hand is that it was amazing early on. And then towards the end, it became a slideshow because of how many garbage, how much garbage there was, how many shipwrecks there were floating around. Uh, There's actually a video that um, Level Cap released today that has uh, his information on that. So go watch the Level Cap video if you're interested in that. Oh, yeah. He talks about it. Uh, all right. Are we expecting this year? Uh, Chaos Quo asks, "Are we expecting this? For, uh, what are we expecting from this year's Citizen Con? Will it all be pyro?" I hope not. No. I, <laughs> I, I mean, actually, I have a very optimistic prediction. Okay. I think the only reason they're deciding to devote any resources to Citizen Con is, if you recall, the last time why they didn't do it is because they're going to announce a release date for Squadron Forty Two or at least a target. I hope. I, 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 I th- honestly, I honestly think that's the case because of the last couple of years it's been, Hey, we want to keep our heads down, work on squadron 42, work on star citizen. It's been just squadron. It's not been star, just squadron yeah. 42. They want to work on squadron 42, but the fact that they are going to spend the immense amount of resources that's required to do citizen con suggests to me that they want to announce something. Pyro has already been done to death. They're not, they did it at the last citizen con in person three years ago. They're not mm-hmm. going to do it again. Um, I, I think they're going to announce something for, for Squadron 42, which means that it's at least uh, at least a year from then, so two years from now. I know it's the meme. It's always two years away. It's always but two honestly, years. yeah, I think they're going to say, oh, we're going to shoot for the end of the following year. So, I, I will agree with you on that one. That's the one thing. There's a, there's a couple of factors which really confused me, and it's not just that they're focusing effort on it. It's that... Anyone who's been in the project long enough knows that CitizenCon is an afterthought. CIG never plans it. It always happens at the very last minute because to do a convention, it takes months of preparation. And yep. most conventions, like traditional conventions, like a, like an E3, well, I guess E3 is dead now, but like a, like a Comic-Con. They hey, begin don't say the- that. Come on now. <laughs> E3 is great. Uh, but Comic-Con, for instance, they start planning for the for the next year's Comic-Con before that year's Comic-Con is released, before that is held, because it takes so long to get licensing and to t- negotiate deals and do this, all, all these other things. 
Now, COVID may have sped that process up because they were going to do that anyways for 2020 and that kind of got canceled. Uh, but they never announce it before, the year before it actually is supposed to go live. It's almost always like March when they announce that the date and then they announce the, the location or the, and then maybe like April when they announce the date. So the fact that they pre-planned this so far ahead and made an announcement on the like the end of the year uh SR Citizen Live, it's like there there's something going on. It's not it's unusual for them to do that. What do you think, Space Tomato? Yeah. What is what is your your anticipation for CitizenCon? I agree. I think there's a lot of you could we could read into a lot of what's going on, but it's hard to deny that a lot of it is particular. Um you know, they they made their big move to Manchester two, two years ago now. I think they moved mm-hmm. in 2021, right? Um, end of 2021, Chris moved over there. Um, and they've been slowly moving stuff over there for the more focus on Squadron. And, you know, that might not be mean Squadron is close, but it shows continued, very focused effort on trying to make this one thing happen. And then we've seen that with the way they've shifted development to... Now we're seeing it, like you said, with the way that they've announced this convention early and like it's going to be a big convention. It's the first one in person in years. Um, and I don't maybe maybe it won't be a Squadron 42 announcement, but I certainly think that they want this to be a big event. Um, probably close to 50 percent of the people who sign up to go to that will have never been to a Citizen Con. So mm-hmm. like they're going to want this to be like a very major sort of. <sighs> I almost want to call it like a coming out event for Star Citizen. Like this one will land on the map. This one will probably make waves in media, not like any other Star Citizen event has before. So I imagine they want this one to go down pretty well and to have good stuff that they can show and say, we've already done this. You can already play this. And this is also what's coming. Um, So I don't know about a Squadron 42 announcement, but I'm definitely expecting a a lot of hype. Um, Did Did you see the leaks, by the way? That they came yes. out this past year? Uh, not the Squadron ones. I didn't watch those, no. I did. Okay. You did, You did, Paul? Yeah. yeah. They've got some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... They're, they're well, definitely testing some waters for, like, showing off some things. That stuff was very polished, but not ready for... Not ready for a presentation yet. Uh, I, I have I have entirely spoiled myself on a lot of stuff for Squadron <laughs> yeah. by accident. Yeah, the whole script. Yeah, the whole script and everything. I didn't read and, the script. I kept myself away from that, Paul. I yeah. didn't. I didn't want to ruin it for myself. Um, but I will, because like, I have heard I have heard audio from Squadron Forty Two where you can still hear Chris's direction in the background, where you can hear Chris say Chris saying something like uh, uh, "bang bang bang" or or "missile missile missile" or something like that in the background. It's so weird hearing it, but. Um, so I, I've, I I know a lot of this, and I will say the stuff that was leaked was old. That was old. That that was at least two years old, uh, in terms of that 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 content. So because uh, I remember them, I remember talking with the leaks people about that, and it was like, yeah, it's stuff that they had had a while back, and uh, I believe they didn't want to release it, and mm-hmm. uh, then someone mm-hmm. else got a hold of it and it got released. So it's not well- new. <laughs> that's if, yeah, I, if, if that's hype that's that's old content compared to what they've been working on so i don't think this year is going to be a focus on pyro again i people no. were were talking about last year being a focus on pyro there was almost no pyro in it i think uh people are very very focused and stuck on pyro and to be honest i, I think people should start to maybe forget about it a little bit because there's a lot more stuff going on than just a new star system yeah 
Uh, all right, let's move on to the next question. When do you think three, uh, 318 is going to go live? March. March? What do you think, Morph? Well, let's see. Uh, definitely not this month. I, I've been saying since the beginning of the month it would have been optimistic. Um, I, I think March is probably, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with March. I think March yeah. is accurate. Mm. I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and say I think the earliest we'd see it is mid-February, mid but more likely March considering if anything goes wrong. So I hope March. I just rem remember guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did tell us, I mean, Chris said way back in that letter that proved to be mostly completely off that he being the optimistic one said that they would need a lot longer testing period for P uh, PES. Uh, it would have to be in P2 for a long time. And mm -hmm. they were doing like, they said, he said something like he suggested like six months. So, yeah. Does that mean could that we're going to be, yeah, it could be longer. Um, who knows? Um, I, I, uh, based off of how bad and good 318 is right now, it really depends on when they hit live. The, 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 uh, wave open, open PTU for everybody. Once that wave hits, I think we're at least a month out of testing before that goes to live. I think that's, that's my indicator at least is when that hits. Um, but all right, let's move on to the next question. Chaos Squall. Multiple times last year when Salvage was mentioned, they spoke about being able to craft our own ballistic ammo with Salvage Metal. But we haven't heard about it since, uh, since nor have we seen it in 318. Do you think this will still be a thing? Or why do you think it was not included? I was actually asking for a source on that because I didn't remember them saying that. But uh, that yeah. doesn't sound like something I'd expect them to do in the first version. I would no. assume this would be something that's more akin to crafting when they start working on that and they probably were just saying that like when you salvage metals we may allow it to be used in like ammunition but even then it seems like it would be weird to make ammunition out of scrap metal is yeah. that a thing i'm not a space I mean, person so there could I don't, be exotic I don't... materials in there that they could you know make yeah. something out of I, I i think that it's probably it seems incredibly unrealistic to me because uh, there is one system that they have not talked about, and that's rearming. We know mm. nothing about how rearming is going to work. They've got no modules, even in the gold standard chips, for where you could reload ammo. Like, how is that even going to work? They've never talked about it. So to expect that we'd be able to craft ammo without even that system in, I think it's pipe dream. We're going to have yeah. to wait a very long time to see that. Yeah. Uh, I think what we do have is is even with the, um, with the Vulture is... Uh is super work in progress. It's super jank. It's not, not final at all. It's just people realized, uh, their developers realized that a lot of people don't have, uh, multi-tools aren't, aren't used to buying multi-tools and buying the tractor beams. So they allowed people to craft multi-tools and tractor beams from, from their vulture so that they can actually move stuff around in their vulture. Cause otherwise you have to kind of like kick it with your foot. <laughs> you have to use your body to bump, bump the, uh, the, the stuff around the, the boxes around to get it to clear out. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I don't think that's, that that's, I mean, do you guys remember them talking about that? I don't remember it at all. It may, nope. it may have been a S star season live where developer was just going off, you know, but like, yeah, eventually this is yeah. what you'll do. But, uh, and may have also been a mention of like, when we first do crafting, this is what we're going to look at. But as, as more said, we don't even have 
we don't have ammo types. We don't have uh, how to know how to rearm properly. Like, oh, like yeah. no, none of those like things. Like the modules. Exist. How how are the physical ammo boxes reloaded? Yeah, like, yeah. How do you reload a ship in space? Yeah, it's gonna be. There is no space. They're they're not gonna be able to do that. They have to come up with something yeah. else. They need to, yeah. they need to add it to the gold standard, which they've not done yet. So yeah. I don't I would, know how that's even gonna work. I would. I would guess like the easiest thing to do would be if you have the ammo on your cargo grid, it just automatically gets loaded into your gun maybe, but then that but then, takes away like, the whole risk of rearming. Yeah. yeah, but how does that work for small yeah. ships? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, you just got to tape it to the outside, dude. <laughs> Duct tape. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. Kazu asks, how long can we expect to take, uh, uh, to take for CIG to go back and update older Squadron 42 ships to gold standard, especially the Hornet. Um, and how long to update other ships outside of Squadron 42 more broadly? To be clear, Squadron 42 does not use the Hornet that we have in game with Star Citizen. It uses the F7A Mark II, which we have mm. seen at in-game and in, in and at events like at, at IAE. They have them displayed. Um, so that's a completely different ship. Uh, so, and a lot of those ships are, I don't think, I, I don't know if we will even see a gold standard upgrade to the level of F7, the F7A for Star Citizen. Just won't be needed as much, I don't think. But what do you think? How long do you think it'll take for CIG to come back and like upgrade the gold standard ships for the ships that are in squadron in Star Citizen? Space, I'll start with you in this one. Um, I'd hope that they come in at the same time. Like... That would be kind of, that would be really crappy if have they done that at all? Have they made an, uh, a gold standard update for a ship and then acknowledge that it was done but not coming to Star Citizen? I don't remember. Uh, no, I, don't. <laughs> I think because like I mean, the Gladius okay, has the, been the, up updated in Star Citizen and it's also been in Squadron Four Two. What's that? The the uh, Vandal ships they've oh, yeah. been completely changed in gold. Yeah. yeah. But, but those weren't really, they like remodeled those, right? Like those are yeah. practically So they definitely different. built them, they built them up probably the correct way because in anticipation of players being able to, to possibly use them. So that'd be my guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that Squadron 42 ships will get a gold standard before ships in Star Citizen. I mean, that's, that's, that feels like law. Yeah, I, I think, uh, they probably won't take too long. I think that probably will, this will be the year that they focus on them if they've not already focused on them internally to get them gold standard for squadron. And remember that they only need to do the hero ships for squadron. They like, if we never fly the F8, uh, F8A, mm -hmm. uh, then they don't really need to gold standard the interior or gold standard the ship at all. If it's just in the background flying around with you, they could just make it a showpiece. And a lot yeah. of ships can be that way. So we don't know until we exactly know what we use in Squadron, uh, what ships will be gold standard. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that many because what they suggested seemed like a handful, like eight, eight or nine ships or something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, I, I'm kind of calling a bunch of this because we've got about nine questions. And uh, to give to give people context, the reason why I call some of these questions is because when you start streaming for several hours, your brain starts turning into mush. So it's hard to focus and hard to answer some questions, especially if there's constant questions that come through. And so even if there's a decent question, I may skip it. So there's a, uh, a couple of them here. I there's one I want to save towards the last one. Um, but this is a quick one. Dragon Wolf asks, what ships do you find at uh, least fit for purpose? 
For example, um, one rags on these Rock DS, but the living quarters of the Valkyrie um, uh, open to the bay. Uh, yeah, living quarters in the Valkyrie open to bay, the Rock DS, uh, what, why does it exist sort of thing. Uh, Morph, is there any ship that you just sit there and go, why do you exist or why did you choose this decision? I mean, uh, they took uh, it from me. The Rock DS, I still do not understand why they put that ship in the game that vehicle in the game it's so useless it's so stupid um yeah it, it annoys me it, it really it really annoys me no ship in star citizen annoys me more i mean the reclaimer used to annoy me a lot because it's this mm -hmm. big ship that's useless but now it's actually useful but that ship man that that thing oh god oh <laughs> anyway um other than that i mean uh, I don't think it's, it annoys me. It just, it, I, I pity it. The gladiator. I pity that ship so much. It's such a cool ship, but it's so old and neglected even more so than the, the F seven mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, no, no, who know? Do you guys even know, like if you guys watching, do you even know what that ship is? Have you ever seen one fly around? I know. Like I never see it fly around. Yeah. It's, it's nowhere. I'm I'm literally so. doing a lore piece on it right now, and it's insane how much lore that thing has for how little people care about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's a cool ship. It's mm -hmm. a really cool ship. I I wish they'd they'd go back and they'd make it useful. I remember it was like 2018 or 2019. Even then, it was like, man, nobody Flies knows that. about this ship. Yeah, yeah. and now we've yeah. three years longer, and nothing has changed. Space Mater, what do you think? Uh, is there any ships that you look at it and just go, why do you exist? What, why did, what was the decision made? Um, not really. The, the Rock DS definitely comes to mind. There are there, and there are ships that I'm frustrated about design-wise. Um, one that really comes back to me is the Terrapin. Uh, I love the Terrapin. I love the concept of what it is, but I do think it... it could really be a lot better ship for the amount of space that it has for kind of like the specific abilities that it has a lot of people who are uh familiar with my content know that i am die hard on getting a, a search and rescue terrapin i think that like that kind of stuff could be really cool for a ship like that but honestly i don't really have any ships other than like the rock ds is kind of the cutlass steel is another one that i'm just oh like, yes the cutlass why, steel yes <laughs> listen yeah, so. listen i love the cutlass deal because it's pointless oh, God, it's, <laughs> it's so overpriced stupid. let's, let's yeah. shove half the server in one ship with a single shield generator that's just oh go yeah poof i, yeah, I, I that, that was a weird one the, the 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 me the 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 drake fan in me is like this is the perfect example of drake this entire thing makes no sense it is overpriced and it's garbage so i love that it exists but it's still garbage and I understand why everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah, it's I yeah. it was a weird one for sure. And I'm not sure how that's going to go. I feel like that ship could be like a gladiator and then <laughs> nobody thinks about it ever again because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're going to have it. They have to have another drop ship, like another small drop ship that's Valkyrie ish sized. So I'm wondering if it'll end up outgunning the Cutlass Steel or how they'll fit it in. But other than that, not any ships that I'm like completely befuddled by now. I got one more Go mantis. Oh yeah. I huh. am like, it's an interceptor that can't intercept. It can't yeah. <laughs> stay in the fight. Cause it just dies right away. I mean, it's just, I know some people use it to some effect, like very, very niche 
group uses it for pirating, but it's so hard to use. The mechanics are so dumb. Like I like they. It was a cool idea that they just just like like hey, well, we're just gonna move on. We're gonna do something else now. Yeah. Uh, I I'm gonna I say wondered, a controversial decision. Go ahead, Space Mano. Well, I, I was just gonna to continue what Morph was saying. I I kind of wondered if they shifted on the idea of interdiction after the Mantis came out. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would it have been better for interdiction modules to be a component rather than like a specific ship? I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think <laughs> That's so. Yeah. Answer. Do you think I'm they'll not, go in I, that I, direction? Because well, they no, haven't here, released anything since the Mantis. They haven't even talked about interdiction abilities in other ships. I think they should do what Eve Online did. Don't don't mess with something that works. If it works, it works. What Eve Online does is that they have specific bubble ships, specific mm-hmm. tackle ships, but any ship can equip some tackle. So you can yeah. throw you can take people off guard and throw a bunch of webs on a harpy and just like, like in a, in a Nosferatu and have this infinite thing where you just keep sucking energy and keep webbing someone and they can't hit you. It's, mm. it's, it's great. And ha- it's cool to have that variety. And I, I think they need to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be controversial and, and be the, uh, the obvious one. Cause I actually talked a little bit about this in the past, uh, the previous week, which is um, the redeemer. And the reason why I don't like the Redeemer is many reasons. But one of the biggest problems I have with it is that it was supposed to be a ground-facing gunship. And all of its design features are designed by committee because it was designed to win a contest. And as a result, there's little things like the fact that the pilots, you have to tip the entire ship forward to be able to get the pilot to be able to see where they're shooting at. But by doing so... You also you also limit your ability like the 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 forward the bottom turret can't see the target they're facing and the top turret can so you have to kind of constantly bounce your nose back and forth to hit a uh, hit a ground target. Uh, there are uh, there there are the way it's designed like why does it have to have a cargo bay? Uh, why does it have to have sleeping quarters for a gunship? Like th- there's a lot of design features where I look at it and I go this could be cool but it was designed for to be really cool and appeal to win a contest back in 2016, 2017 and not designed to function in the star citizen the way it exists today. Um, other than that though, I will say the Valkyrie is my biggest, biggest kind of like, you know, cause it, the, the it's exposed to vacuum. You, there's no protection for the crew. So if you're sleeping, you're just dead unless you're wearing a suit, which doesn't make any sense. So Maybe you don't sign up for combat then, losers. Be tough. <laughs> but then why have have seat sleeping? Like why have sleeping quarters in a ship if it's not designed yeah, for, for, for some of us thrive in vacuum, okay? <laughs> I pointed that out immediately when I saw that ship and did a review. I was like, this is so silly. Like yeah. the moment someone opens the door, everyone's gonna like when they've been talking about adding uh decompression effects forever. When that comes in, how is that gonna work? Is everyone just gonna die? Like, how does that work? Just gonna get sucked out of the bed. And you, you, <laughs> you know, think just about get it, sucked out from the top and like through the. Yeah, it's gonna be silly. <laughs> and you think about it, they also thought about that because all of the crew compartments are are sealed. They have they're double they're double locked for with two yeah. with two doors. So they thought about it with the, with the with the soldiers, but not with the the, the crew. <laughs> the crew like just add, like Don't added some crew. cool windows. Like yeah. why didn't they do that? Um, and then the other thing I think that, that a lot of people will point out that I, that kind of bothers me as well is the single entrance to almost every, um, uh, every crusader ship, especially the MSR, 
Um, the fact that the MSR doesn't have a have a some sort of way, some sort of airlock to get out of the ship other than through the back doesn't make any sense. It needs to have more more entrances and ed- exits. It's just like I don't know what. And and the the funny part is that there is one lore piece that was written about the uh, about the ship, which describes an airlock, which means that at one point it had an airlock in the design process, and then they then they removed it for some reason. It's like why. Why was this removed? Yeah. I've been pushing the, dev- the, the design team. Like whenever I talk to the developers, like, Hey, you guys need to add more exits. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think it's, it's not just about design. It's about practicality yeah. for like fire, for fire propagation. When that happens, like if you want to get out of the ship and the only, only way to get off is where the fire is. Cause you don't have a second exit. That's silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we don't design one exit for buildings. We need multiple exits. And, and for Dr- aircraft too, you know, yeah. like everything has multiple exits. Even even Drake has multiple ed- 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 uh, exits. Yeah. And they don't care about safety. <laughs> yeah, they like, don't. It's like their stuff is made of tin foil and hopes. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. So we've got a couple of questions left. Uh, I'm going to rapid fire a couple of these. Number one: Do you think we will see Star Citizen's mid specs uh, that, that's on the main site increase? Do you think we'll see minimum spec increases in terms of requirements for running the game? Morph. No. No? Space Tomato. Ever? Uh, yeah, ever. Oh. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Okay. Because uh, it says right now SSD recommended. Um, it says yeah, actually, SSD. Maybe not. No. Maybe not? So they like, I think that they're going to have to do ray tracing at some point, And mm. at that point, they're going to have to increase the specs. Like in, for, in order for them to keep up with the industry, the industry is shifting towards ray tracing. They're not doing ray tracing. They're probably aware of this. So mm. after Squadron 42, episode one, I think episode two, they're going to start trying to get ray tracing working in some form. Yeah. Um, and also like five years from now, we can expect uh, i don't know if the minimum specs right now are eight gigs of ram or 16 i think it might be eight i don't it's i'm not eight sure gigs but of ram yeah yeah so i don't think that's gonna I, I don't think eight is gonna be okay for much longer yeah even uh, with the, the optimizations they do the question also references the three gigabyte gpu oh um, yeah yeah, yeah that's no, definitely not at this point ancient. yeah, yeah. um I, I think the the they'll increase it but i don't think they'll increase it much because i don't think they'll ever give or get a get rid of recommended SSD because in, if he can run on a hard drive on a regular hard drive, they'll say it can run, yeah. but it doesn't, that doesn't work. And I think, I think that what CIG needs to do is set up a minimum requirements and a recommended requirements. I think that's what they should probably do. Minimum. This is what you need to get it to function, but it won't run well. This is the recommended requirements, even if it's high. Yeah. So. And that's that's what people miss a lot because people will come in and ask, what do I need? What do I need to run this game? And people will often give them suggestions on what they need to get like 30 to 60 frames. And in Star Citizen, that's not the same as running the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, Genetonic, I don't think they have both. I think they have minimum and then they have recommended inside the minimum, but I don't think it's a separate requirement, a separate like list. Um. So I have to, I have to double check on that one. Uh, but next question comes from chaos squall. Will we see NP ships, NPC ships drop loot when you blow them up? Cause currently there's nothing when you're exploring an wreck. 
I've been yes. told it's already a thing uh, for some cargo hauler NPCs that they'll drop some boxes. Yeah, Up and I think it, it, it has been for a while because like some some of the ships like the caterpillars have cargo in them but they're not mm-hmm. they're not expected to they weren't expected to fully have them yet so uh yep so uh yeah the telemetry isn't that though the telemetry is is uh some, some people are saying it's telemetry is the is recommended that's that is uh based off of lots of data um, but it's not always the case. Uh, having, having a recommended specs is, is like, I think would be just basic specs when people would be looking at it. Oh, oh they do have a recommended. They, they, they've been updated this though. So there's a, there's a support on there, which was created six months ago or updated cool. six months ago that says uh, that has a recommended, which is uh GPU four four plus gigabytes of VRAM DirectX 11.1 um, 16 gigabytes of DDR4 storage, uh, 83 gigabytes of SSD. So yeah, they do have that. So they've updated this recently, though. See, I would think that they would list 32 as recommended. Or I think yeah, recommend, yeah me too. Not I think minimal. They should, they should be honest with themselves. 32 gigs is recommended. <laughs> it pays. All right. It uses 24 gigs of memory. CIG, you know this. Yeah, you don't need 32. <laughs> Um, I've played tons on 16. I've streamed on 16. I've been okay on 16, but 32 does help. All right. So this is a question I'm going to ask, and I got to step up for two seconds. Uh, they'll start with you on this one space. Actor status T2 is finishing up work sometime in 2023 with it's with, uh, with it is DNA degradation, prosthetics, and medical insurance. Is it possible? We will see death of a spaceman this year. Yeah, this was this Easy. is one that I kind of forgot to talk about in terms of what we might see because that's it's there. Um, yeah, with the DNA degradation, I think they talk about um, insurance. They talk about cybernetic limbs. It sounds like a really big update, to be honest, to the actor featured team, the actor status stuff. Uh, they've shown off that they want to do cybernetics, but I'm. I would be surprised if we were actually getting to equip a cybernetic limb or um, learn more about our DNA degradation this year. I hope that we do, but I'm also kind of thinking like maybe they do actor status T2 stuff and then they test it with Squadron 42 for like six months and then maybe we see it next year in in Star Citizen. Um, But just like that first 315 update where they started talking about Death of a Spaceman and you know, the, the respawn mechanics and all that stuff, uh, like is being said in chat, people are going to lose it when they start talking about, you know, insurance costs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see, I mean, like, wait, tomatoes, right? If, if that comes out, people are going to be really upset at this point. I think that they might roll out like a really uh, basic version of it. Um, I'm not sure what that could mean, but I don't, I just don't see see it being fully online yet it just is not i cannot see star citizen being stable enough at that point to to make that system enjoyable i know that they want to make it like uh painful for you to die uh too many times so that people stop you know backspacing to 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 fast travel but (laughs) it's uh unfortunately the reality of the game right now is that it's it's not conducive to that sort of hardcore mechanic yeah. yeah and it just there's a lot um 
like when we start considering insurance timers, now you need to start because that's a legitimate money sink. And you got to realize that like newcomers are going to get screwed up by that. They're going to have to be able to pay for it. And you need to make sure that they have reliable, easy to access money um, or missions that they can get money to pay for that kind of stuff. And I'm like, it feels like the kind of thing that comes in when everything else that you're doing flows a little bit better. I Like was also said in chat, people are going to be pissed regardless. Um, I'm not saying that people will be pissed because it's this year. People are going to be pissed in the same way they were pissed with 315 because they're finding out that the game is different than what they thought. But Yeah, because just, they came in later and they didn't know. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big problem yeah. with that. Yeah. I think best case scenario, they finish up those features, what they want to do this year, but they continue to get tested in Squadron for a while. Because if you remember the actor, actor feature team, which was under Richard Tyrer, was the primary team that got transferred over to squadron 42 to work there first so whatever work is scheduled on the progress tracker is probably going there and uh maybe we'll see it the next the following year yep paul <laughs> paul what do you think oh okay okay good 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 yeah it's good to hear yeah i totally agree with you paul I agree. such insight I agree. oh man that oh that's a revelation dude Jeez. There was a revelation. Oh, jeez. Oh, wait, can you really guys not though. see him? He's right there. Honestly, cancel Paul. With the, saying these kinds of things right here on a live show oh, with God. us in the room with him, such disrespect from such a, a, a man of formality and culture. Yes. Yeah, I think we need to cancel him now. Cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm assuming we went through all the, the, the exercise system and everything. Yeah, we yeah. we talked about mainly that like we kind of feel it'll have the same reaction 315 did. People are going to be pissed regardless of when it comes, but this year does seem a little bit less likely just cuz it, it the, the game is just not quite in a place where that stuff can work fluidly. And then there's also the squadron polish stuff they want to do. All right. Um okay, I got four more questions. This question comes from Chaos Squall who asks, "Will we see another Squadron 42 vertical slice?" We already answered that question, I think. You did? Yeah. Yeah, because of the Citizen Con. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's the only time they would ever release it, by the way. Never any other yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I don't think they they release it any other time. That's that's such a huge marketing pull for them. They, they, yeah. They, um, Marsupial Mill asks, uh, at this time, we are actually, no, let's, let's, let's leave that for last. Um, Kazu asks, and this is, this is one I wanted to save for later. The year for star citizen. What does this phrase even mean? Really? Uh, what, what would, what would you, what would that look like other than perhaps releasing squadron 42 going to beta or going full release? Um, Morph, this is a question I think is directed at you. <laughs> I will try to say this as concisely as possible. Cause this could be a very long conversation. Yeah. Um, when we look at the development of star citizen at the big scale, and how many features are yet left to be developed? And we've said a number of things just in this podcast about what could happen just this year. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of them. And the amount of stuff they have left to do, 35 years of backlog of ship development, you know, it, look, little things are great in the, like for us who follow closely, but they're not enough progress. I think a year for Star Citizen means a significant step forward in some way. Either that is uh, a, big rev a big step forward for tech, like server meshing um, or like a several new uh, gameplay loops, you know, 
uh, the like the economy starting to function. Like those are big steps, I think that. And then what what that leads into then is like it becoming more appealing to the wider community. I think that's ultimately the the lit, lit, litmus test for it. Is it appealing to a wider audience? Does it become more appealing? That becomes a year for Star Citizen. Okay. The year uh, of years, I think, was it would be its release, but a year for Star Citizen, I think, would be a big step forward. That's like everybody knows about it. It's in the news. It's getting more people in development. Like it's money you know. spiking for them, whatever. Space Mano, what would be the year for Star Citizen or a year for Star Citizen for you? Pretty similar to what Morph says. I think the point at which the game becomes casually acceptable or uh, becomes regularly playable for a casual player. So there's no like off on button for that. I think there's no one feature that'll make that happen. I think it's something that will just kind of notice something. I think we've started to notice uh, over the last year or so, maybe year and a half. I think everybody can agree that the game has become more easy to pick up, but there's still a little ways to go. You need a good amount of always populating missions. You need an easy-to-access interaction system. You need menu systems that aren't going to crash your game um, and an easy way to jump into the game with friends. Like It just needs to be casually playable. I, yeah, I don't. Exactly. I think Morph put it the best way. Like It just needs to be able to get casual acceptance um, because the year that that <laughs> happens will really break people's whole misconception of the idea that it's not a game and it's never going to be. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I'm going to echo that because one of the things I bring up a lot because I'll, I'll hear people complain about, uh, you know, morph or, or Mike or any other people talking about their, about star citizen. I'll bring it up on my stream. When I hear it, I'm like, you don't understand that. You, did you watch the video, A, <laughs> that they talked about it? And A, and B, there's a different perspective on on different things, like Star Citizen being acceptable, not just from the wider audience, but also losing its reputation. Because right now, if you talk to somebody who knows about Star Citizen, you there's probably a greater than 50-50 chance that someone thinks it's just a scam. Yeah, it's still that. It's still like that, yeah. for sure. 100%, 100%. Always getting comments about this, is like Star Citizen's yeah. a scam. And when, when that starts to change, when, when you get the no man's sky syndrome where people like, uh, someone says, Oh, no man's sky is such a scam. And then people are like, have you played it? And then suddenly like the, 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 the community turns back away from being the general gaming community turns back away from being star citizen is a scam to being star citizen is a game you need to try, or at least respects it as a game. Um, similar to what uh, cyberpunk has been going through recently. And uh, like, yes, I think that's uh, great. I think those are both great analogies. Exactly. It started for Star Citizen too. It started. I mean, it is started, but it's not there yet. Yeah. It's not there and, yet. And, and like personally for me, I think that that will change around 4.0. I think Pyro is well, such a big deal that that will, that at least the mainstream will start, that will, will like, will start reaching that critical tipping point of people going. It, it's it's you know. almost there because if you, pay attention to YouTube, like the biggest YouTubers who make content similar to the genre, like Jack Frags, Level mm -hmm. Cap and stuff, have started making content on it, but they stopped making mm -hmm. consistent content. Oh, Level Cap's a little unique because he's very enthusiastic. Yeah, he loves Like it, Jack yeah. Frags, he has no patience for it. Yeah. He's excited for it. He wants to play it. 
but it's not he's 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 like the perfect casual player test if he's not into it the casual audience is not going to be into it when he starts playing it more regularly i think that's that's an indicator that this is it's past the threshold people yeah. are going to start talking about it like no man's sky yeah and, and and I think you'll also see it with things like uh, what I call the – what I've heard other people refer to as the middle class of content creation, which is people who are below Jack Frags but not quite – like unknowns. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. space space matter. You mentioned a bunch of uh, a bunch of names from like Daisy, which you follow. Yeah, it's like uh, Luke Stevens done a little bit on it. JV's done a little bit. Like you get you get guys who are in that sort of range of like anywhere from five hundred thousand to like one one point five million subscribers that are able to really open the game up to a lot of people, but may not necessarily be like Jack Frags, like you're saying. Yeah. When, when when morphologist is one of. Um, uh, tons of of people in his level of content creators covering star citizen that's when you'll start to see that change uh because that that's on regular basis because that's really the case as well but i think a lot of that also is locked up into anticipation star citizen becoming multi-system having more players encouraging will encourage other casual uh content creators to come in and try it out and experience it people who've been following it off and on start playing it more often that's the real the real the real kicker Um, yeah and I think, and I think that's the the, the big thing, um, yeah. All right. So um, then I got a question from Quincy Forder who asks, "Morph, I was wondering, in King's Avatar in the Cyber Cyber Cafe, there were those card readers and cards where the game account was placed on. Is this a real thing, or is this uh, is just created for for uh, 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 Donghua?" Interesting. Uh, I've never seen King's Avatar, but I have been to Internet Cafe. And as far as I recall, it wasn't like the highest end one, but you just log on to an account uh, and you play on their account or you can log on to your own account. There's there's no card. Um, they definitely have like a timer or whatever that mm-hmm. you could, you buy. I think you could buy a card for a time that how long you can play. And then it just like they say, hey, you got to renew your time. But it's not not like what you said. They might have it in Korea. They might have it even in Taiwan, but I've not seen it myself, so I yeah. can't say. Yeah, uh, we did have for a short while when I was living in uh, California in the Bay Area, they had um, a couple of internet cafes open up because they were just kind of the idea of, of filtering out there, especially since in the San Francisco area, there's a lot of people from Korea, Taiwan, Japan, those regions. So I assume that I think there was a market there as well. Uh, and that was my experience when I went to those cafes, which was there's a timer. You, you, you may pay at the front for a certain amount of time, and then you go back and you can be on those with the, with a login code that they gave you for a certain amount of time. But that's about my experience. So I don't know if it was mm-hmm. the same other ones. Um, all right. The last question is from Marsupial Mill 4 who asks, at this time, we have programs like Game Glass and Game Touch Controller to extend your UI. Do you think they will make it possible for in-game UI adjustments or add-ons or even two-way communication apps like Game Glass and GTC, meaning having in-game data on external screens? Space Tomato, what do you think? Like in, I, I think, well, what do you mean by in-game data? Like just control inputs or any effectively kind of data? new control, new control inputs for for stuff, so you can have any third-party peripheral thing built built out i think is the question to extend your ui so you can you know maybe even see your radar on a third person uh a, a third third okay app. so okay so 
Marsupilami saying game glass is one way at the moment. So like you'd be able to do something in game and it would reflect on the external uh, thing exactly. as well. Yeah, like, okay. like a two way um, communications where like you're seeing like the live uh, radar on your third party, uh, like on yeah. like a tablet or seeing communications or whatever. I think that would be really cool. Uh, I think they'd be missing out on some very, very cool opportunities if they didn't support that. And I know like people are really calling for hopefully APIs so that there are abilities to like take data and present it in different ways and run apps and stuff. But I, I don't know. CIG is, it's been so long since they've talked a lot about that kind of stuff and like what they want to do. Um, I don't know what their ideas behind that would be. I don't think I'm the best person to answer it, to be honest. Morph okay. might have be better better stuff to say about that. You put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Gave you some time. Uh, yeah. So I, I, okay. I, I'll, I'll, yes. The only problem is, and I I can't say with certainty this is the reason, but I strongly suspect it is, is that there are security concerns with the API. So. Answer is yes, but answer is yes. When? I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I think um, CIG has made it very abundantly clear they're willing to work with any company that is uh, willing to work with them to create specialized peripherals for them, um, and they've also been very open to community-made peripherals as well. Uh, CIG from the very beginning has said that they are controller agnostic in the sense that they want you to be able to play with your toaster if you hook it up right. So <laughs> having having the ability to have two-way communication so you can play play it on your smart uh, your smart uh, refrigerator and then have feedback on the <laughs> smart refrigerator. Can I Go ahead. I don't drink coffee. Can we, but can we get like a coffee peripheral so when you make coffee in real life it like makes coffee in the game and your character drinks it with you? There Let's we go. That. Perfect. CIG, do it. <laughs> Um, I hope my real life coffee doesn't have the same texture because that in-game stuff looks gross. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what happens when you tip the cup over? It just sticks yeah, it just, there. Yeah. Weird. Gross. It's like that stuff from McDonald's that's not actually real. It's like a yeah. gelatin. Looks <laughs> like it's gonna eat you. Um so yeah, I, I think I think that's that's a that's a that's a possibility. But with that, that's the last question. Um two hours. <laughs> Sorry about all of that. Uh, nice. thank you for joining us. And if you did enjoy this, please, please show you're following space tomato and morphologist on their, their, uh, YouTubes and their Twitch. Um, if you like this, we do this sort of thing on Saturdays at 3 PM Pacific, 6 PM Eastern with a whole bunch of different content creators all over the, the, the star citizen universe. Uh, so come back and join us. If you're watching this after the fact on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Like if you enjoyed this and dislike if you disliked it. Um, make sure you comment down below your own questions, your own comments on our questions. Uh, I'd love to hear your own thoughts and, and, uh, and opinions on this. I know for sure I will read through it. And uh, if you are watching this live on Twitch right now, make sure you hit that follow button so you know when we're going live. And with that being said, uh, thank you again for Space Tomato and Morphologist for coming in. And hope to see y'all someday in the black.